Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. My name is Chet. I'm the host. And uh, today we have an interview with Mike Bracken, the horror geek. I don't know if you watch that channel on YouTube, but you really should. It's my favorite show on YouTube, I think, the horror geek. And uh, it's a hilarious uh, horror movie review show with a lot of really bad movies, which I love. And um, Mike's hilarious. So um, you should watch it. The Horror Geek on YouTube. Anyway, interview coming up with him. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, what else is going on? I'm still working for my <clears throat> painting, my zombie death bot show. I've got some other stuff going on. I got collectors coming by this week to pick up some frame commissions and some tool posters so it's a busy week extremely busy week um so i'm kind of trying to bounce around on both of those it's been it's been rough it's been rough i'm not gonna lie but i'm getting through it and um that's pretty much it my life is just consumed with this work i'm really not thinking about much past my opening on October 8th. Just need to, that's just get the work done. Just get the work done. Um, and I'll make it, it's going to be rough, but I'll make it anyway. Um, yeah. If you want to support the dark art society podcast, you can do it on our Patreon at patreon.com slash dark art society. And um, if you join at the $5 level, $5 a month, you can get entered every month to win a free skull from our sponsor, Skull, the Skull Shop. And that's S-K-U-L-L-S-H-O-P-P-E online. They have amazing skulls. I own two. There's one. Looks just like a real skull. It's amazing. Love it. Anyway, um, you can join at the dollar level. There's different levels. But uh, if you want to get entered into the skull to win the skull, just um, join at the $5 level. And every month we're going to do a drawing, see who wins. Anyway, uh, new subscribers this month are George Jung, a.k.a. JJ. That's it. Thanks, George. Appreciate it. I also have a Patreon patreon.com slash chetzar and uh i post everything i'm working on all the time if you haven't been seeing me post art on social media very much in the last four years or as long however long i've been on there that's because it's all on patreon um so check that out oh i also got um that's the other thing that's going on. I'm trying to get on some podcasts to promote dystopia because the dystopia book is out. I'm going to have a book signing at my show in October. So that's going to be cool at Copro gallery, October 8th. And, uh, I'm just trying to get on any podcasts I can to promote it, promote it any way I can really. So any ideas hit me up. I've got a garage full of books with no distributor. And because um, it's it's all self-produced, so I'm shipping them, selling them myself. So if you have any thoughts on how I can reach more people, 
let me know. Drop me a line. You can do that through the Patreon, actually. I'm easy to find anyway. I'm online. Um, I think that's everything. I think that's it. Yeah, I guess that's it. All right. Here we go. Hope you enjoy this interview with Mike Bracken, a.k.a. The Horror Geek. Here we go. What's up, Mike? Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on. Finally. Finally. I, I know. I ro roped is, you in. <laughs> this has been a long time coming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I'm excited to have you on. I've been wanting to have you on for a long time, as you as you know. I've been commenting on your Twitter feed and YouTube feed, I believe, that's telling you to come on the show because <laughs> it's like my favorite show on YouTube. I watch Thank it on you. the premiere every oh. every time it premieres. It, when I'm up early enough, I watch it. It's hilarious. I love it. So it's it's amazing. It's it's so funny that like you know the show premieres at nine forty five on a Wednesday, which just was an arbitrary day and time I picked when I started like three and a half years ago. Uh -huh. And now I'm afraid to change it because yeah, I'm a of routine. And it's That's like how... oh, it's it's like nobody can watch at nine forty five Wednesday. They're all at work. What are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, I, I work at home, so I do whatever. You yeah, know? same here, same here. But I'm on the <laughs> West Coast, so that's like also oh, geez, yeah, that's yeah. Super that's early. that's why it's like I kind of miss it sometimes but i always catch it right after um yeah <laughs> it's just so it. yeah it's so funny um the writing's great it's like i get at least one good you know like laugh out loud really loud moment good. every that, video and it's that's the, the rest goal. are the rest are just chuckles yeah it's no, just... that's, that's that's the if i could get you to laugh once or like drink out your nose once yes. that's a win yeah um, absolutely yeah. <laughs> there's so many jokes they can't all be hits <laughs> no no they're great they're all great it's just like you know you can't have like belly laughs through the whole thing it's like right. it's hilarious it's it's just full of hilarity <laughs> i just love try, it I, just I, I try to pace them yeah i try so somebody complained once that there were too many jokes and uh no. and it was like no i want you to like have to go back and rewatch them right so that, that like helps me <laughs> algorithmically on youtube so well, if not, you have to go back and yeah, and yeah. watch it again that's an extra view for me <laughs> that's so smart I win. you are you are in marketing right so i do <laughs> yes i do work in digital marketing so yeah so i know all the little tricks oh that's yeah that's great <laughs> yeah uh yeah, I don't know when I the I mean the algorithm got me to you on YouTube, mm -hmm. so it did work. It you know it it did it did work well for you in that way. I know you're having even trouble a, with even a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I think about the algorithm at YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know it, like... it helps people find me, and then it loses me a lot of people along the way too. So. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a real bummer. I I uh, I mean part of the reason I wanted you to come on, aside from the fact that I'm just like a huge fan of the show um and i think people will that listen to my podcast will be interested in your show because there's like mm -hmm. a ton of horror movie fans on here yeah. um but also that because you have a patreon and i know that and people support the dark art society on the patreon and so it's like they already have accounts so everyone should go and support mike's patreon because then he can you know deal with all this hassle of uh of losing uh, ad revenue because of google's bullshit it'll help yes you know <laughs> <laughs> yes i appreciate any and all support uh it, it's especially important this week uh 
So I've been doing this for what, three and a half years now. And when I started, I did not go into it naively because I'd been a film critic for like 20 years. Um, and so I talked to like big horror YouTubers in the space type thing and asked them like, well, how much of a pain is this going to be with copyright? And how often do you get this? Do they give you a lot of strikes? And uh, you know, I talked to James at Dead Meat and I talked to Horror Guru and Brad the Cinema Snob and a bunch of people who had, you know, sizable channels. And they're all like, well, you'll, you know, you'll get claimed, but you, you know, you don't get strikes and you can appeal and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, that seems doable. And so, so that's what I went in. And, and for the first, year i really kind of flew under the radar i mean i got away with covering stuff like tokyo gore police mm -hmm. which you know is super gory and i left a lot of gore in and and i flew under the radar and then at some point in like 2021 youtube and the copyright holders found me <laughs> and, like, and then the vendetta started <laughs> the sick flicks vendetta was fully underway so, uh, and like so you know you would get claims and i would go and and fight the claims and appeal and stuff like that and i would win about you know 99 percent of the time like i go this is fair use i'm a film critic i'm i've been on rotten tomatoes i've been all these places and they would drop them and a lot of times like so the funniest one is Lionsgate, where you know, they will send me emails asking me like, hey, will you promote this? And I'm like, no, I, I'm on your press list and you claim every video I, and, <laughs> and then you won't release them and I have to like threaten to go to court over them. So, oh my God. But in, in the past, in the past year, uh, YouTube really went insane. Like you can't show anything anymore. Like uh, I, I live in constant fear. They will come along and take away your your money, and they won't tell you why. They won't tell you what they're flagging it over. I I made a joke about a butt plug, an object that looked <laughs> like sort of like a butt plug. It was not a butt plug. It was not used in a sexual context. I just said this thing is the mystical butt plug, and, <laughs> and the video got demonetized. And I'm oh like trying God. to figure out what they're because they won't tell you what it is. Right. So I'm trying to figure out what it is. And it was butt plug. I took butt plug, the butt plug out joke. I changed the word and then suddenly it was fine. So, and it's just gotten crazier since then. Like uh, slumber party massacre, the thumbnail was literally uh, the poster, you know, the, the infamous poster mm -hmm. and they flagged that they're like, this is sexual content and titillating. And yet if you go to YouTube and you search for slumber party massacre, the top result is rent slumber party massacre <laughs> with the poster. So, so, so this is, <laughs> This is AI stuff, right? Yeah, but you know, like when you appeal, it goes to a human, and they oh. upheld it. So, oh, wow. uh, uh, yeah. So sometimes you will appeal, and it goes to a human, and they go, "Yeah, this is the AI is clearly wrong." And other times they'll go, "It's just luck of the draw." And you never know who you get, and you never get to talk to them, and you yeah. never get an explanation for why the decision is. But uh, you know, in the past, and the I had never had a video blocked on YouTube, other than an appearance when I was on Beat the Geeks. NBC Universal Viacom blocked my Beat the Geeks appearance. Ah. Uh, but uh, I'd never had a video from the show blocked. And and so like a month and a half ago, I'm like, hey, it's time to do Lady Terminator because I love that crazy <laughs> Malaysian movie or Indonesian That was movie. a good one. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, I'm like, my audience is going to love this. It's time to do it. Let's do it. We write this funny script, we film it, I get my editor to edit it, we upload it, and it's blocked worldwide. Wow. Like, nobody can see this video but me. So we appeal. That... <laughs> yeah, so you appeal because there's there's like a thousand videos on Lady Terminator on YouTube. Why are you why are you blocking mine, right? Right. <laughs> so, so, so we appeal and they reject it. It's some company in Indonesia. So basically, uh, the option now is, is I have to 
take a copyright strike and uh, then appeal again and they have to either take me to court or release it and you know that's an expensive game of chicken to play even right. though i i play it I, we're, we're playing it now because we have the same issue with uh like i'd never had a video blocked and i've had two blocked in the last month suddenly so my review of uh full cheese conquest got blocked by some company in italy uh, who blocked it? And then when I appealed, they they released the block, but they're like, "But we want your ad money." And so, right. <laughs> so, so and I'm like, "No, that's not acceptable either." Uh, yeah. Uh, so so I'm I just doing so it for I, the love, man. Yeah, I don't care yeah. About the money. Like, I, and you know, people say this all the time, and I, they make you feel bad about it because you're like, you know, well, why aren't you just making these videos for free? They're yeah, just a it's, hobby, and it's like, well, I've got thousands of dollars worth of equipment, and I pay an yeah, editor. It's a lot of work. It, it's a full time job to make one every week. Yeah. And I would, you know, like I would like my paltry two hundred dollars of ad revenue thank you, right. you know? like, i'm not over here getting rich yeah, so, exactly yeah. but uh and so so we're we're literally at the point where i had to take a copyright strike and if you get three of those you're you're out you're gone they nuke your channel oh my god um and 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 so i had to file a counterclaim and now they have you know like another five days to decide if they want to go to court over you know two hundred dollars so yeah and the, the iron the irony is that you know, most of the movies that you're reviewing are ones that like a lot of them I've never even heard of. And I'm, right. I'm a big horror yeah. guy. And so, so it's like it's it's making me want to go get the Blu-ray and yeah. check it out. And it's like it's putting in the public consciousness. It's it's so backwards and I, stupid. I, I tell them this every week. I'm like every week I, you know, I post an affiliate link so you can go buy the movie if you want. And that helps the channel yeah. as well. I get, a, I get a few pennies from each DVD. <laughs> it's literally a few pennies. Right. Like you're not living off DVD affiliate sales through Amazon, right. no matter how big your channel is. <laughs> but, uh, but so I get, you know, and I'm like every week I can show you like three or four people go buy this Blu-ray because I talked about it on right. the show. And like those people were not going to go buy that movie this week if I hadn't talked about your movie on the show. Like they're not popular movies, right. you know? <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it's just a, it, it's a backward system and it's set up in such a way that, uh, you know, like when I explain how this whole appeal system on, on YouTube works for the show, like you would think that if somebody claimed copyright on my video, that I would then appeal to an impartial third party. Right. Well, that's not true. I appeal to the person who filed the copyright claim in the first place. That's so insane. where's their incentive to drop it? <laughs> like, like, I'm like, does nobody see the insanity of this system? Yeah. Uh, yeah. so yeah. So it just, I, you know, it got YouTube got huge and it's yeah. still not, you know, it got well, big before it was ready, I guess, because they haven't figured yeah. it out. Everybody complains about this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's one of those things where, you know, they they covered their own ass and and stuck it to the creators in the process. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, we're not going to be responsible for what you upload to the site, but we will not defend you or protect right. you. And it, And it's hilarious to me because it's like. Well, is Lionsgate making you money or am I making you money? Right. You 45 cents every dollar I make in ad money yeah. every month. You know, it's so, so wrong. It's yeah, just so, so wrong. It's like, why, <laughs> why would you not stick up for me? I mean, and, and you know what? I, and this is the thing. Like, I get it. If you, if you upload someone's full movie or someone's book or someone's full song, you know, like a full mm. album, that's copyright abuse. But right. what I do is a review, it's parody, it's commentary it's all protected under fair use. It's just this country's copyright laws are so ridiculously outdated that 
that uh, nobody nobody understands fair use. Yeah. And so and so you just end up fighting this fight, and and you know you could potentially go to court over it and spend a bunch of money. <laughs> uh, well. But I'm a stubborn man, so I'm, <laughs> Good. I'm like, I'm like, if somebody's gonna stand up to these companies, I guess it's gonna be me. So yeah, <laughs> I know that the the uh, this guy uh, Ethan Klein from the H3 H3 podcast uh-huh. is like kind of from from my understanding has has uh, led the movement in a way about uh, yeah. uh, you know getting getting new laws passed to mm-hmm. for for fair use and stuff, and he's actually. Mm-hmm. I think he's won a couple cases yeah, or something. He did, yeah, they did. Which is really great for every all yeah. YouTube creators, you know. Well, this is what I tell them all the time. I'm like, look, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I have a day job, so I'm not, I'm not a broke, I'm not a broke guy. I will, right. I will go to court. <laughs> 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 That's the road you want to go. Yeah, um, I can afford a lawyer, so that's know, excellent. Like, <laughs> well, that's so good you're, not, you're not, you're not going to bully me into like giving you my money. Uh, right. we'll, we'll, I'll spend money to to keep what I have. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and 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 the other thing is like you know like him. There's just this thing where people you know 98 percent of these claims are never even contested on YouTube. So this has led to this proliferation of scammers who right. come in and claim things that they don't own the rights to because it's free money. Nobody will fight them on it. Right. And you just and YouTube will just give you the money. They go well. You filed a copyright claim. Like the company I'm fighting with now has has literally, they're supposed to be some big multi-million dollar uh, digital rights management company. They've got a Gmail address that doesn't even have their company name in wow. it. Wow. So I, I, I highly suspect about whether these are even the actual people. Damn. So, that's crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, yeah, you, you, I, and this is the worst part is like, I just want to talk about horror movies. I know, right? <laughs> I don't want to be the guy who has to talk about how YouTube screws everybody over all right. the time. But yeah, that's become yeah. like my whole, my whole shtick now is like, I go around talking about how, how copyright law is broken and, and YouTube sticks it to their creators at every right. turn. So, <laughs> They're kind of forcing your hand in that way. They, but, they do you know. like, well, because nobody talks about it and nobody understands it if you're not on youtube creating stuff and and so it's like i you know it's like well i just want you guys to understand that this is what your favorite creator goes through you know a brandon tenold uh you know james at dead meat uh cinema snob uh, decker shadow all those guys who bring you these funny horror movie reviews this is what we go through like and over a couple hundred bucks yeah like, you know like, <laughs> and it's like you go well maybe you should just give the couple hundred bucks away and it's like no yeah yeah <laughs> like, it's like this is my work <laughs> like it's still work yeah yeah <laughs> so i i say all the time i'm like i do not believe that what i do will be viable on youtube in five years that like the ai claiming system is so, like it used to be back in the day you could take movies and you could resize them or you could flip right them. yeah and and it would fool the machines and now you can we've done tests like just experiments for fun when i'm bored like uh, let's upload this and change it around and see if we can slide it through or not and uh you can't uh, oh, none really? of that stuff works anymore no like and the myth that like the myth that was always like well, if you use less than nine seconds, it's okay. Or if you use less than five seconds, I've had them claim two seconds. I've had them claim two seconds and then 10 seconds of me and then another two seconds, like from a different part of the movie. So, wow. yeah, I, it's just like, I think until, you know, there's some kind of redefining of, of copyright law and what fair use is that like these guys will just 
claim everybody until we all give up because <laughs> it's like it's like how much stress do i want this is supposed to be fun uh, yeah that, that, you know the first thing i thought it was like well why don't you and i i'm i think i've mentioned this maybe in a, in a comment um mm -hmm. why don't you because uh, i thought it was more about the violence but it's really yeah. not it's about like it's like you don't even know what it's about that's the right. that's they, part of the problem the beauty of being a horror creator is they get you on both right <laughs> especially the kind of movies you're doing right so i i get uh, every week is like well are they gonna flag me for some gore or some sex scene or some joke <laughs> off-color joke i make or will it be a copyright claim from some company so right, i'm right. really envious of the guys who just upload things and forget like you know don't have to worry about it yeah. So yeah they get they get me both ways because i was thinking you know you could do i you know uh, a an unedited version on your patreon for your patreon subscribers right. that does, doesn't have to worry about any of that stuff but if you don't even know why they're claiming you it doesn't really matter yeah really. and that's it and that's what i try to explain to people like people are always like well why don't you go to rumble or odyssey or BitChute or uh, a those sites just don't pay and right to, yeah. to sustain like you know it's not like what i do is you know super valuable or super you know like i'm not saying like it's like a tv show or anything like that but it costs money to make every mm -hmm. week. it costs a couple hundred bucks to make an episode at this point because you know i pay an editor i i had another writer for a while um it's a lot of hours of me i have to buy all these movies which you know i buy right. anyway. but you know it, co it costs money it's yeah. a lot of equipment to film the cameras the lights the computer to edit when i do edit all that stuff costs money and uh you know and i'm not trying to get rich <laughs> i'm just <laughs> trying to a lot of weeks i'm just trying to break even yeah. <laughs> so, and so and so i go yeah if i go over to like bit shoot yeah they'll probably leave me alone because the copyright claimers haven't figured out how to claim stuff over there yet right. they will in five years once people are around. making enough money right and once there's enough traffic over there they'll figure it out the same way they did with twitch um but like there's no there's no return on my investment yeah. and and you know i have to look at it as both something i do be out of love and a passion project but it's also cost me money <laughs> so, yeah yeah, right. yeah. yeah. so I, you know YouTube but uh, i have enough expensive town, so. hobbies is what i always tell people <laughs> i don't i don't need video production as another expensive hobby i just need video production to just basically pay for itself and if it makes a few bucks great <laughs> yeah well i mean people want you to fans of the show want to see you do better i mean i want yeah. to see the, the channel grow and i mean mm -hmm. i i i would I would I would watch every day if you had a new video. You know, it's like if the channel was able to to I wish I could do it. I wish right. I could do two or three a week. <laughs> yeah, it would be awesome, man. It's and 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 so we want you to succeed, but you know, I guess hopefully hopefully it seems like the bigger you get though, the less trouble you have because they're making more money off of you, yeah. which is also they're... really unfair. Yes. You know. There, there is some truth to that. Now, to be fair, I will say I have seen James at Dead Meat. Dead Meat is a five million subscriber channel. If oh, you're wow. not familiar with it, yeah, um, and he, uh, you know, he's he's five million subs, and it's a big show, and he makes a lot. He employs like eleven people full time Whoa. on that show. Uh, uh, yeah, he's he was a professional editor. He he has a he just spent he had to have he just showed his new set he had to have dropped five hundred thousand dollars on his wow, new home his crazy. new home set he's he's doing very well and i'm happy for him he's yeah. a very nice guy totally deserves it love the guy 
but uh and he will go through it too like his train to busan video got blocked uh as soon as he uploaded it and but the difference is is he's five million so youtube will actually talk to him right exactly. when he has a problem yeah. they may not help but they'll talk to him and because he's five million he had more resources to reach out and resolve that off off of youtube whereas you know when you're down here at me like sixty-five thousand. You just you nobody at YouTube knows that wants to talk to me unless I'm in right. trouble, and then they don't want to talk to me. They just want to send me a form letter to tell right. me I'm in trouble. But uh, <laughs> but you know so well, but yeah I, you know so I I wish the show were bigger and I I would like but there's definitely that double standard because you'll look at like I can't say butt plug but Logan Paul could go into the Japanese forest and show a dead body and right. it was fine until people were outraged. Yeah, like right. they only cared when people got mad about it. So yeah. So yeah, there's absolutely a double standard there um, depending on the size of your, of your viewership. So, uh, and I wish that weren't so, but well, we have to play. <laughs> yeah. Um, how's the, how's the growth been on the channel? So uh, the channel has grown a lot. Like we're at, we're at like 65,000. Right yeah. Now. I really would like to get to a hundred K would feel like a big deal. Um, yeah. And, and I have done that in three and a half years from zero. Uh, and we basically have made like, I've made like 180 videos in that time. So like when you see the, uh, the metrics of YouTube success, like to get to a hundred thousand subscribers, it takes the average guy like 500 or a thousand videos or something like that. So, mm. and a longer time. So I'm definitely ahead of the curve on ter in terms of speed. And the pandemic helped that a lot. <laughs> yeah. like, everybody being locked in their house in 2020 uh, was was like, hey, let's watch this guy on YouTube be an idiot. So, so that was, this sick flicks guy's a moron, but he's funny and it's something to do. He fills 20 minutes of my day. So so we'll watch that. So yeah, so we did well with that. And, and right now we're just kind of, the show is like in a really good place as far as like the... I know how the show works at this point. Like, mm -hmm, yeah. you know, it still takes a lot of time to create, but like, I've, I know like how the jokes go and how the right, the process of making the show is pretty, pretty locked in. Mm -hmm. um, the hardest thing has been since I've gotten bigger is just figuring out what people want. Oh <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Like, like, uh, you know, sometimes like early on, it was like, Oh, if I do tumbling doll of flesh, the people, the thousand people who watch my channel are going to go nuts over that. You know, now uh, it's like, it's all over the place. Like yeah. I have no clue how anything's going to do anymore. So like the more popular a movie is the worse it does for me. <laughs> like, yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I would, I, 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 I would say not that I know, but just do what you think would be cool. And that that's it. Yeah. Oh, that's like, sort of it, how I approach my artwork. It's like, I never know what's going to sell or be popular. Yep. My favorite one is the last one to sell. And yep. it's like, just do what you think is the best and let it all sort itself out. You know, that's it. And that's where I've come to sort of this year is like, you know, cause I work in marketing and like my attitude was, well, I should be able to figure this out. Right. right? <laughs> this is what I do for a living for other people is figure out this, this stuff. And uh, I'm like, Oh, I should be able to like solve this puzzle. And, and, and you just can't like, uh, like <laughs> sometimes, like, so as an example, 
people the more people beg me to do something the worse it does uh, so people <laughs> people howled at me to do like evil dead and so I'm like i'm like it's too popular it's too popular too many people know it you know it's like mm. uh, everybody's got an evil dead review but finally i was like i'll just do it let's just do it and uh it tanked like it was it was terrible like wow. it did terrible numbers by by the channel's standards and so uh and then i will do something like uh you know claudio fergasso's robo war which nobody knows right. and suddenly that had a hundred thousand views in like a week <laughs> so, <laughs> wow so, so yeah and so then you feel you're like oh well they like this kind of cheesy ripoff of something popular and so then you go and you try well i'll just do more of those and like no no yeah. it was just that one <laughs> yeah and you, and you don't know why <laughs> so you're just like oh just so keep just making do it yeah Whatever what happens, happens. So. Do what you want. Do what you think is cool. You know, I think I think people ultimately out of any uh, content creation, I think what people are most attracted to is authenticity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're personally really excited about something, I think yeah. that kind of helps a video become uh, just a, a better video, but also sure. more popular. People sense that, I think, you know, For sure yeah yeah that's and that's one of the things like i you know i love horror movies and i have loved horror movies since i was a child and mm -hmm. and so i've spent like most of my life writing about them or talking about them or you know criticizing them or, mm -hmm. or whatever so uh you know when you come to me it's like a you get a guy who's been around i lived through the 80s through right. the, through the golden era of the 70s and <laughs> i was a little kid in the 70s but right. i saw a lot of movies i should not have seen <laughs> and, and same in the 80s same as in the 80s mm. and uh and so you know like this is one of those things like i see a lot of these younger guys try to break into the business and they want to write about 80s horror movies and it's like well that's nice and that's cool and i value your perspective on that but a lot of times it shows they weren't there right <laughs> and they, yeah and they don't have the and they don't <clears throat> like take the time to do the work to figure out the context of them it's just like sort of a knee-jerk reaction right. to, to the movies and whereas you know i look at fulci and argento and bava and all these italian guys and the japanese guys just in a different way because like it was we were there yeah <laughs> like, we right through that time and and like you remember like getting fangoria once a month yeah. uh, well it wasn't even once a month it was what 10 times a year or so yeah like, right. that, that hiatus i remember uh, when i got it there was a it came with like a, pa a, a, a paper cover yes in the, in the mail i got it the, yeah i subscribed it's like a yellow they want people seeing that cover <laughs> the cover art all the gross cover art <laughs> Yeah, my parents wouldn't even let me get Fangoria. I had to go to the grocery store every week with them and stand at the magazine rack and read it while they shopped. Uh, they're like, "We're not buying you that." So, Gore Zone, what is that? Yeah. So, I had, so I, had, I had liberal parents in that way, so they were yeah. cool with it. My, my were very liberal as far as like what I watched, but they're like, "We're not paying five dollars for oh, an right. issue of this, and it's got all this gross stuff on it. Not your brain." But like, you know, my parents liked horror, but yeah, they were Fangoria was a bridge too far. Most right. Of the time. So, so, but you know, like, yeah, I didn't have a website that had twenty four seven updates on every single thing where I could talk with a bunch of right. other people. You know, so and like at the time, you know, Fulci and Argento and those guys were like they're halfway across the planet you know, like yep. there you didn't even know if those movies were ever coming so yeah so. I, I remember i mean when i was a kid i was like uh because i think i'm a few years older than you but you know we're kind of from the same era mm -hmm. generally um i was like the only kid 
that was like the big horror guy in my town. Yeah. I, maybe yeah. one other was kind of into it, but you know, that was yeah. it. It was all, not like it is today. <laughs> all, all my buddies were into it because slasher movies had boobs. That was, <laughs> that was it. Like, like I can rattle off the the entire mythology of Michael Myers and right. Sam Loomis and Laurie Strode, <laughs> like like it was my family. Yeah. All they cared about was like you know boobs. Yeah. <laughs> Here, here's yeah, boobs. I, I was I was very much like I was such a snob with it with my horror stuff. I was so uh-huh. into it. I was like. Friday the 13th is just a cheap rip off of Halloween. Yeah. It was like, this is, can't you see that this is just a blatant rip off? There's yeah. no suspense. I'm like a kid saying this. There's no, you know, great cinematography's shitty. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, I really. Yeah, this isn't Dean Cundy's work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah when, you know, when you know who Dean Cundy is yeah. when you're 13 years old, yeah. you're pretty fucked up. That, that was me. <laughs> I was not as quite as I was not always a jerk about it, but I could be. Yeah, yeah. I could definitely be a little bit of a gatekeeper. I was just like, you know, I I mean, there was no one to, to say it to when I was a kid, but I was thinking yeah. that, you know, it's like I just I, I saw I remember seeing uh, Nightmare on Elm Street in the theater when it came mm-hmm. out before it got big. And it was oh, like yeah. a little tiny ad in the paper. Yeah, that's how old I am. The little ads in the, pa- uh-huh. in the in the paper. It was tiny. It said Nightmare on Elm Street, Wes Craven, and I was like, oh man! And I got my stepdad to take me because we'd go every Friday to see horror movies or sci-fi or something. And it was like nobody was in the theater, and I was like, holy yeah. shit, this is amazing. Yep. And uh, uh, and then it blew up, and then it got huge. So it's like you know, that doesn't happen nowadays. Like in the same no, way you know no no because there's a 24 hour right. day everybody knows that every new news cycle on. that uh yeah that like uh you know rob zombie was on the set today and he drank two starbucks instead of one <laughs> what, does, what does that mean yeah like, there are some benefits to all this information it's just like it's like a, it's a give and take type thing but yeah you know, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world it was pretty pretty amazing seeing like the zombie uh I saw the zombie trailer for the first time when it was going to come out in mm-hmm. the, in the drive-in. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was just like, yeah. you can't, that's you, just like an experience. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, like I was a kid and I grew up in the Pittsburgh area and we used to go to Monroeville mall when oh, they really? were filming Dawn of the dead. Like at that same, you know, like, Are you, you serious? Would go, yeah. When I was a little kid, we would go <laughs> to the mall and you would see them setting up and oh I'd be my like, God. what are they doing? And they're like, oh, they're making a zombie movie. And I'm like, holy shit, can I get it? You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> they that's shoot here at night when the mall's closed. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that's that's definitely one of my favorite. That's that's the movie that got me into uh that's the one that got me into effects. It was like, okay, I have uh-huh. to learn how to do this. That and the howling were the yeah. two movies that just like okay, I'm learning how to do this to do getting this. in the yeah. film film business. I did not have that school. talent. I could, <laughs> I could, I could sort of write. That was my, yeah. my talent. Yeah. <laughs> but I could not, I'm not, uh, I was never artistic enough to make masks. Everybody I knew wanted to be a special effects artist, you know, like right. when you got, when you, we got older and, uh, no, I did not have that talent, unfortunately. Well, so. you know, I can't write for shit. So <laughs> it's the way it goes. I mean, you, but you, you know, you've been a writer your whole life yeah. right your whole adult yeah. life i was uh you know researching a little bit and you've got you know articles online from like 2000 i think right yeah 
yeah, yeah like i started back. uh yeah i started as a uh so the the sort of evolution was was i went to college and i wanted to be a, i wanted to be stephen king actually i didn't want to be stephen king i wanted to be skip inspector and clive Barker. yeah see i know <laughs> skip inspector yeah yeah I, I, I wanted to be a splatter punk basically right, splatter punk, and, right. and uh that's really what i wanted to be and so i got out of college and i was working in a movie theater and and uh and i would you know write between shows, I would write short stories. And so I started submitting a lot of short fiction, uh, short horror fiction, and I sold a little bit. And, huh. But like publishing is a, is a business mi still mired in like the 1800s. Like right. it's amazing that we live in a digital world and like it still takes forever to get any kind of response to, to a publishing query. And back then it was even worse because you had to snail mail everything in. Yeah, right. Address stamped envelope <laughs> to get your rejection letter. Uh, they made you pay for your rejection letter. Yeah. And then and then they'd be like, well, you can't submit it anywhere else. And our turnaround time is eight months. So, you know, and they were, and that was always optimistic. Like right. you could be waiting a year for this story that was going to pay like two cents a word. It was going to make you like $80. <laughs> You're like sitting on it for a year because I can't send it anywhere else and uh and so i worked in the movie theater and then i worked for for blockbuster and uh and, you know so i just watched a ton of horror movies and and uh and i would go on to the old old horror message board the forums uh usenet and then uh horrornet had was like one of the early horror sites uh in the early days of the internet and they had message boards and i would just go on there and i'd type out these screeds about you know horror movies or books or whatever mm. and uh and a buddy was like dude quit quit sending these out for free he's like do something with these and so and so i'm like what am i gonna do with them like who's gonna want this shit right <laughs> some guy in florida talking about horror movies who cares right and uh and he's like and then suddenly i had jobs <laughs> and I, I i stopped writing fiction and uh started writing about films and and video games and uh and yeah, and then, uh, you know, like my career was, I was freelance, but I wrote for all the big sites. Like I've written for Cinema Blend and IGN and Fandango and uh, the old Cinematical site, uh, Movie Phone. Uh, you know, so, and I've been doing that for, I was a tomato meter approved critic for a long time. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, and I did that, you know, I've done that for 20 some years now. I, now I did go back and finally write a novel in, uh, 2018 <laughs> oh really yeah uh which is a really crazy story and typical of how sort of lazy and clueless i am <laughs> so i wrote this novel and we sent it out and it got like a ton of interest from agents like i had like i was batting like 500 on in terms of agents going like hey can we see the fool we want to see the fool and uh and a lot of them would get it and then go we love this but we don't we don't know who to sell this to like mm. we don't we don't handle this kind of we're not prepared to handle this kind of book and uh and for a while neil gaiman's agent had it and she really liked it wow. and she's like but she's like but i don't think it's for me but we have another agent here at writer's house who i'd like to give it to and can we do that and i'm like yeah sure i need an agent <laughs> <laughs> so so they give it to her and she reads it and she's like, I really, really like this. And I would just like to, you know, she's like, I'm not ready to accept it. She's like, I'd like you to, you know, consider a few changes type thing. And I'm like, okay, sure. And it's been like four years and I've just never 
gotten around to me oh, no <laughs> really yeah so so so, so i have this book that, that you know every every profet like i have i've had like you know i had like authors blurb it like oh, the you pre, gotta do the it pre- man. like stephen graham jones gave me a blurb you gotta uh, do you know, it I'm, you gotta do i've been it. friends with brian Keene forever he's offered to blurb it uh you know so uh, yeah and, uh, it's just like and then i i'm like no i should start a youtube channel that's what i should do <laughs> screw this let's just start something that's totally like at zero instead of finishing the thing that's practically done so so yeah well i but, hope uh, you I, have, I hope you make the changes because i want to read that book yeah it, it's uh yeah it's an it's sort of an urban dark urban fantasy novel the, the catch is it's a murder mystery but it's set in hell so oh that's cool yeah, so, so yeah that it's fun like a, it, it's a good time uh, like uh and that's not me being you know a bragger <laughs> i usually hate most of my stuff uh hey, but well, yeah, when you have that kind of interest it's got to be good yeah, you know if you've yeah, got all these yeah, agents yeah that's and that's what i kind of base it on i like i had a lot of like really big people ask to see it we we just you know my my girlfriend is a usa today best-selling author so she knows a lot oh, of people wow. Uh, cool. She writes romantic comedies, and uh, so that makes us a funny couple. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, she's like, "Let's just send this out." And she's like, "Here, I've you know, here's some really big agents. These are like the you know the swing for the fences. Send it to them and see what they think." And and we got a bunch of them asked for it. Like just getting to um, one guy was like, "Well, I really like this. I've got another author in my stable who writes something similar, and I don't want to have two of you kind of competing." Uh, and then, you know, we had a bunch that who are just like, I really like this, but I don't, I don't know who I would, how to package this, like, because it's like a mystery, but it's a horror story and it's, you know, it's got all these weird elements in it. And, and I'm like, cool. So, but you know, yeah, it was, it was like, just to even get to the stage where people are asking for the yeah. like so many people are like, I sent out my manuscript to 500 agents and no, all I got were form rejections. And right. I was like, I was getting like personalized letters. So. <laughs> All right. So you of have course, to, you I, have to of course make, I did nothing. You have to make the changes. You have to yeah. do this. You have to do this. This is like people would give their left arm to 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 yeah, have this opportunity. Yeah. And uh, how I, long how long did you did it take you to write it? Uh so it took me it took me a couple months. Um couple months? Yeah. That's yeah. it. I'm I'm a fast writer. Damn. Um, so I, like amazing. this is, yeah, this this is like one of those things. Like I'm very much a I'm a plotter. So like you know, some people are like, no, I can't plot. That sucks all the spontaneity out mm-hmm. of it. I have to make it up as I go, and mm-hmm. they get in trouble in the middle because they didn't think think right. ahead. <laughs> I'm a, t- a a ridiculous plotter to the point where this you know like 400 page book had like a 65 page outline before I started wow. actually writing it. So the outlining part of it took quite quite a bit of time like almost as long as it took to actually write it because you you know like when you get into like like if i'd written a story set in the real world that would be easier but because you're in a place that you know is not the real world you have to make up all these rules and make sure stuff try to make sure things don't contradict because some guy's going to be well actually you said this and then this happens and and i that that's the quickest way to piss me off is to like (laughs) come at me with a well actually god i hate well actually (laughs) like jesus leave me alone but uh but uh yeah just enjoy the story or don't you know enjoy the video or don't don't well actually me i I don't and if you didn't like it i don't want to know really i don't right yeah i don't yeah exactly it doesn't help me i'm not going to change it it's not you know, like so exactly. so yeah 
so that, that you know i don't only go around with youtube i go around with the troll commenters too because i can't shut up you know so yeah. like, you know troll <laughs> comment will go unanswered on my on my youtube channel so <laughs> you want to be famous i'll make you famous <laughs> degrade youtube celebrity style but uh yeah so like once i once i got to the outline and the actual writing it was like i wrote you know six days a week i tried to write at least two thousand words a day um and you know that got me to a hundred i think the manuscript now is like a hundred and eight thousand words or something wow. like that so yeah but it was really just a, and you know some days sitting down and writing two thousand words took about you know two or three hours and some days it took 12. <laughs> so, <Wow. Yeah. laughs> some days they cut this is what you learn as sort of as a professional writer is some days the words come easy and some days they don't come at all and yeah just, your job is just to power through that and and I think being a freelance writer for so many years kind of helps with that because you're like, when you're a freelancer, if you don't produce, you don't eat. Yeah, you have to. And There's just, no yeah, waiting yeah, around yeah, for inspiration. Yeah, you, can't, yeah. <laughs> you just show up and she's going to be there at some point. You know? so, <laughs> so that that was always the attitude. And uh, But yeah, it's, it's like done. It just needs some, some tweaks. Okay, you got to do it. You gotta yeah, we, do it. It's, I, it's on the list, man. It's right after merch for the show. <laughs> right. Yeah. You gotta do, you definitely gotta do merch for sure. Cause that could be like, that could be a huge source of income right there. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah we've got all these popular things on the show, all these recurring catchphrases. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. And, yeah. yeah like, oh I think hell yeah all the time. I, it's yeah. like I have no one to share it with because I'm just I, like a hermit in my studio, I, but I'm always thinking hell yeah. <laughs> People tell me all the time, they're like, I do hell yeah, and I do <laughs> bastard, and you know, all these lines. Oh my god, the bastard was yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's so that I'm one like, always makes me laugh so hard. Yeah, I always like, hey, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> bastard. Yeah, she's she sold that. So <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. funny, it's funny that you mentioned that because you know, you mentioned wanted to be an effects guy because that's that that is one of the things I wanted to be a writer too, like a horror writer uh -huh. when I was a kid. And I was just like, never really that good at writing. Uh -huh. So uh, I did at one point write a short story that at the time, I'd like to find it and read it now because I was like maybe 15 or something. And and I thought, oh, I did it. This is good. And then I just never went back to it because it was never so hard. Yeah, It's so hard. And I was just like, drawing was easy for me. So I'm like, I'm just yep. going to keep doing, I'm going to keep doing what yeah, I'm good at. Take the path you know? of least resistance <laughs> Lean into it. Uh, yeah. the way to go. Play to your strengths. So. I, I'm very much a Buddhist, the middle path. Kind yeah, of, absolutely. Kind of like I don't want it to be too easy, but right. I also don't want to have to like <laughs> climb mountains every day. Right, right. But, yeah. Know, every once in a while, just the just the middle road. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm willing to do the work, but don't make it to where it's just where it know. becomes work and miserable. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's like if you're gonna do that, you might as well work a regular terrible job. Right. You, I, you might as well work in marketing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh how did you um i mean how did you get into horror initially like when you were a kid so the 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 uh origin story of the horror <laughs> is is basically that uh my parents bought my dad bought the paperback of jaws when i must have been about right before the movie came out mm -hmm. so that was what 75 so i and and i was just about to turn four so that tells you how old I am. <laughs> so I'm almost 50. I'll be 50 in, a, in like two months. Okay. And, uh, and uh, so, and I was fascinated by the cover, you know, the shark and the naked lady swimming. And, yeah. Know, I was like, oh my God, this isn't like, it's just something in my little four-year-old 
brain was just fascinated by this and and uh and so then the movie came out and, and i'm like four and i'm begging my parents i want to go see jaws i want to go see jaws my parents were like we're not taking you to see jaws are you high <laughs> <laughs> and so and so uh they basically um bought, said we'll buy the soundtrack album and so i remember <laughs> so they bought the soundtrack album and i'm sitting there looking at it and i have these big giant 1970s headphones on uh-huh. my dad has the record on the turntable and i'm looking at the picture and the jaws theme comes on and i throw the headphones off and scream i'm terrified <laughs> just by the by the jaws theme but my parents relented and and took me to the drive-in to see jaws one night uh like on a second run like what you know it ran forever mm-hmm. and uh and there's four years old four-year-old me in the back seat screaming like a banshee at just <laughs> the opening scene and then i passed out and slept through the rest yeah but but i was terrified of it but i also loved it yes like, like uh, the, the like there was something just about it that you know, like I was just fascinated by it. Yeah. And, and that was really just sort of the start. And then, you know, Halloween came along and, and I remember, um, you know, Halloween premiering on NBC, like the, right before Halloween two came out and it was like, how it was like Halloween night or the night before or whatever. I don't mm. remember, but, but I remember we were at my aunt's house and, and, and it was on TV and I'm in the room in the dark watching Halloween, the opening of Halloween. And I'm like, I must've been well, probably, eight eight or nine and and like hoping my parents didn't come in and see me watching it and then want to leave but like i was also hoping they would want to leave because it was scaring the shit out of me (laughs) (laughs) and it wasn't it wasn't the stuff at the beginning it was the stuff like the scene of him in the law in the backyard with the the sheets on the line oh exactly yeah that just freaked me out like like those were the scary creepiest shots yeah like that's just terrifying this guy's just standing out there in this house and you see him and like what do you do and yeah and yeah so those those were were the sort of foundational films of of my for my love of horror basically. Those, those are yeah those are those are good ones uh, <laughs> I, I mean we, we start out high it's been it's been mostly downhill <laughs> since then but but it's been a fun ride I mean, we, <laughs> somehow we you get the claudio fragasso yeah. i don't you know, i don't know how but it's 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 part of the genre it's, it's you know i this is something that it's just something that we talk about all the time on the show you know more in a kind of a a dark art context because mostly i interview other artists that do mm-hmm. like monsters and kind of dark artwork and stuff but you know there's there's this uh you know uh through line of horror movie almost all the artists in the dark art are in horror movies so it's mm-hmm. like the same kind of thing i see like horror movies as part of this whole dark art genre that, you know mm-hmm. it goes into music and it's like a you know dark creepy weird stuff instead of bright nice happy stuff which most people like and so i i I wonder you know and and talk about it all the time in the show it's like why you know why why it's like it feels genetic it feels like we're just you're just wired for it yeah right right from the start yeah (laughs) that's how it feels to me and it's like it seems like uh i wish someone would do like a real study on it because it's really it's really unusual as well because almost everybody i interview that's into this stuff are really nice 
Yes. You know, they're like moral or ethical yeah, people. Uh, and they're Yeah, not... the horror community is generally filled with very nice people. And like, and that's uh, unusual to me. Yes. Not that not that it shouldn't be that way, but it's 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 a weird dichotomy to, to yes. be feel good. We get like kind of turned on or by by these this kind of imagery and these mm -hmm. stories, but we're like the least likely to ever be like that to another right. person. Right. out of anybody in society i think yes don't you think yeah. it's weird it is uh, uh yeah and i'm fascinated by that as well because like the the always the outside perception is is that we're all like serial killers in right. the making or uh you know devil worshipers or or yeah. whatever and yet uh, you know i've been involved in horror for my entire adult life uh from fiction to filmmaking to you know i've known other artists and and all of that and been to conventions and all this stuff. And I've never had a bad time with horror people. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's always the regular people. That yeah. Have yeah. A bad time. Yeah. I have a way worse time with the people I see at the grocery store <laughs> than I ever do around people who love this messed up stuff. Right. And, and I use messed up sort of funnily because right. I don't think it's that messed up. I think, yeah. I think, I think the beauty of horror people is that I think we're just comfortable with, being morbidly curious and yeah. i think a lot of people in this country kind of come from that sort of puritanical background and they mm -hmm. they're not supposed to like that stuff and you're not supposed to be curious about it it's bad and i think but i think everybody is and i just think we're just more open about it and that is sort of a liberating thing that makes us happier nicer people because we yeah you know we we don't have these hang-ups right so. yeah yeah we're not holding it in yeah because you know at the root of it is i think at the root of horror or dark art or anything is kind of the root of all fear really is the fear of death, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, everybody is going to die. Yep. <laughs> so it's like, it's in everybody and it's kind of normal to be afraid to die. It's like, sure. yeah, nobody knows what the hell. So um, in, in a sense, I, I, I've always felt like, or not always, but really through this podcast, doing this podcast for five years of discussing it over and over it's, it's, it's like uh, we we are dealing with that, processing it more than most people in this mm -hmm. weird in this way where we're able it's to. Like, it's like a dress rehearsal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like we're confronting it in a safe way, you know, we, without we, actually having to confront it. We laugh around here because I am the king. Uh, they call me the king of worst case scenarios. Like, <laughs> I, like they're. I, and I saw this article like a year ago about the companies needed to hire like a worst case scenario guy instead of the usual yes man comes in and thinks about things and says, here's where everything could go wrong. Right. Here's how it could go wrong. And that's what I am. And it's because like I'm superstitious and I believe in this old adage that if you think the worst, it can't happen. So I sit around sometimes and think about the worst case scenario for every situation <laughs> in the hopes that that sort of keeps me safe from it. Right. And it's all like a, it's all like a dress rehearsal for, for being dead right <laughs> <laughs> like like oh i don't want to get eaten by a shark well i've thought about it now so that's probably right. not going to happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah the chances of me thinking about this and then dying the same way are same way are slim right yeah so so yeah I'm not going to be eaten by a tribe of cannibals in South America because I'm not a going to South America and B I've thought about it. So <laughs> yeah. Speaking of cannibals, I, I was so, so grateful that you reviewed cannibal Holocaust and cannibal, cannibal Ferox too. You did, yep. I think, because those are both movies I've wanted to see my whole life, but I cannot watch them because of the animals. The animal. 
Yeah. It's like, I can't, that's, that's my kryptonite. I can't deal with it. Yep. It will never leave me if I see it. It's just like, yeah. I've always been like this overly sensitive see, to animals. another horror thing that kid. people don't expect. Yeah, like, right. Love animals. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so when, when it came on, I was like, oh, great. I get to see this. And he's yes. like, he's, you know, doing, doing all the hard work for me. So I don't yeah, have to it, see it. But oh, I still and that was the... part of doing it like for me was like you know well we can do this and we can talk about this movie and i can do it in a way where you don't have to see the sort of right. unpleasant things that you know that keep everybody away from these movies and it's interesting because i have been all over the place with the italian cannibal films throughout my career like i love them like it's one of my favorite subgenres. Mm. like they're all the same and they're all ridiculous and, <laughs> but but i love them right but i hate the animal stuff right and, and like and for a long time you go like okay it was 1980 yeah in the jungle they ate these things right they were done for the for the most part not all it's, of it it's uh, done it, it was done it's a long done. time it was a ago. different time as you know like we didn't we weren't as enlightened as we are now right um but again coming back to them for the videos like i skipped those scenes yeah because <laughs> like, i'm like i'm not covering them i am not writing yeah, jokes for no them. there's no need them. to sit through it and i'm like if i never see any of that stuff the turtle scene or any of that stuff again i'm fine like, yeah and yeah. and and i always thought like that it was cool that you know they had made versions where they cut that stuff out and i try to tell people that all the time yeah, that, I have, like, there are I do want to see versions where yeah. they cut it out and you just get the cannibal film experience without the few things <laughs> that are actually going to traumatize you for, for life. Yeah. And but I, at I the felt... same time, I find it in incredibly fascinating and not so much for horror people because I, like horror people get it. Like nobody was eaten by cannibals. In those, right. movies, but those animals were really killed. Yeah. Right. But like, right. but the people who've never seen them who just hear about it were like, well, I'd watch someone get killed and, and that's fine. But the, you know, you kill a muskrat and that's the bridge too far for me. So right. I, there's always a sort of weird disconnect for me, like uh, about that sort of thing. But yeah, but it's, it's just, not, it's... that's not how it is with horror people. It's just right. like, but I always see the people who've never seen it, you know, like, Oh yeah, I'm fine. If they, if they you know butchered people and stuck a pole up a woman's you know, <laughs> nether regions and yeah you know. yeah <laughs> but, i mean uh, that, but, but this, the rest of it's too much yeah <laughs> but that that's that's another thing I, what i wanted to the point i wanted to make about that was what i appreciated you doing the episode is like i felt like i kind of felt like i watched the movie Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I got oh, the. Don't, I don't got say the... that. Don't don't say that. <laughs> no, no. The copyright no, people will be like, no, it's a replacement no, no. for the movie. No, 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 not in the way that I watched it. I felt like I got the vibe of the movie, which is what yes. I what I've always wanted. I wanted to know because I'd seen, I'd read articles about it mm -hmm. in Fango. I've seen pictures. I've mm -hmm. never seen any video. Nothing significant enough to where I felt like I could cap it captured the vibe of the movie, and so I, I really felt like, you know. If it hadn't been, if I can find a, a an animal cruelty free version of it, I would absolutely watch it because because mm -hmm. there's something so creepy and she in in the it's like the stuff that I love and I'm sure you love too is like the stuff that they used to show on um Sat Saturday or Sunday afternoon creature mm -hmm. features the cheapest grindhouse yep. crappy <laughs> Italian shit that nobody knew about right and I was it's like I was young enough to where I would. You would see it differently, even though it's like it's weird because it was terrible, mm -hmm. like poorly done. But when you're a kid, 
you can't really tell how poorly it's done. Like right. I'm talking, you know, five years old seeing that. Yeah, stuff you, on you TV. don't you don't have enough of understanding about how what differentiates a good good storytelling from bad. Right. You know, this is so, full of cliches and terrible, right. so impossible just, situations. So you're just seeing, but you're so you're getting kind of like the pure horror of it. You're getting yes. this feeling, and it just sticks with you. And so that's part of the reason, you know it's carried over to my adult life. And now I'm like seeking all this stuff out, like the Andy Milligan box mm -hmm. set. Oh, you and, got the box set? Yeah, I got yeah. the box set. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, it's amazing. It's so bad. But it's like, it's it's fulfilling that thing, that thing, like I want to go back and have that experience again. Because you can't yeah. see movies like that anymore. You well, just the, can't I, see, experience it that way anymore, especially being in, from the industry as well. But right. just being an adult. That's 100% one of the driving philosophies behind sick flicks is to just like, you know, like there you're probably never going to hit 5 million subscribers covering weird eighties Italian films. <laughs> you know, like, like James uh, at dead meat, he's, he's way smarter. He covers newer stuff and popular stuff and all that. And like, you get away, you catch a way, it's a way bigger net. Yeah, to catch but, a bigger but, but let me interrupt you first though. There, there's a, there's an Andy Milligan box set. There it's is. amazing. So it's like, no, if I, there could be we, an Andy Milligan. Box we live set, in amazing times. There could be a, there could Absolutely. be a $5 million, horror, uh, 5 million person horror geek following. I have yes. Faith. I have faith. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. But uh, yeah. So, but yeah, uh, but for me, the part of the fun is like, that's a time capsule in, in a way, those films and, and like, it's weird to me because you lose concept of time as you get older. You're like the eighties to me seem like they weren't that long ago. And yet right, you know, we're almost, we're almost, you know, we're 40 years ago now. So right, like, <laughs> like all the stuff I love is almost 40 years old. So, yeah. so, you know, but there's also a whole generation who doesn't, isn't familiar with this stuff. And, and I would like to show it to them. And I, part of why I do what I do is because I think I'm a pretty good curator of that kind oh, of yeah, stuff. Definitely. Like, <laughs> like, you know, I see a lot of guys who are, who are younger than me who, like I said, weren't there or, you know, don't know it very well, try to cover this stuff. And it just comes across as not very genuine. And with me, it's always genuine. Like right. I really love this stuff. And, uh, you know, it's been a part of my life for most of my, my whole life really. Um, and so that for me is part of the, fun of doing the show is is talking about these things and like i pick these movies because if i can find ones like last week like bloody muscle bodybuilder in hell where <laughs> nobody knows about them that was insane that's, that's a win yeah, that's, yeah that's like my best that's my happiest moment because i found something that even like most of my hardcore audience doesn't know about yeah and, yeah and i get to i get to be the guy who turned you on to it right yeah and, yeah. and i still get you know, messages from people who are like, I, I read your Argento stuff 20 years ago and I never knew about any of this stuff. And now I, I love this Italian horror. I love these fake Japanese snuff movies. I love all this weird <laughs> gory shit. And it's because you wrote about it. And, and I hope the videos will be the same thing just to a newer generation. Like I didn't know Fulci even existed. He was dead before I was born. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, we It's like, we take being our age, ages we take that for granted everyone knows who joe fulci it's like yeah, i assume yeah. everyone knows and it's like some yeah. people don't even know like these younger people don't even know like couldn't name the beatles any of the beatles yeah, or yeah. you know stuff that uh, we just assume i run everybody... into people i you, know, you want to uh, like uh my daughter is is almost 
she's almost 30 she'll be 30 next year i got 30 and, uh, too. <laughs> yeah and she uh and she she was talking to one of her friends one night like i don't know five or ten years ago and and i was in the room and and they were talking about the shining and the guy's like oh that old movie and she's like do not let my dad hear you say that <laughs> i'm like too late i already heard it <laughs> like what are you talking about that old movie <laughs> that movie's a classic yeah it's, it's, it's not exactly. only a great horror movie it's a stanley kubrick movie that's like the double win yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it's just an old movie just an old horror movie yeah yeah uh, yeah so so yeah like the, the, this kid had never seen the shining like he and wow. he just thought it was just some old movie that wasn't worth seeing and you know i run into it like i get like it drives me nuts every couple months when somebody trots out the millennials think halloween is boring Right. <laughs> like, i'm like that's because they haven't watched it yeah right <laughs> yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a different time it's it a is a different time it's like i i very much feel like the old man yelling at clouds a lot yeah. of times so. <laughs> the funny thing is for me personally is like i was always because i got into effects early i was like the young guy on the crew always i was the youngest mm -hmm. guy and everyone was like they seemed old, but they're only like two, three, five years older than me. Maybe. Uh -huh. And um, now I'm the old guy. That's and it's a, like yeah. everyone that comes on the show is younger than me. Yeah. It's like all the artists that are into my or people fan. Most of my fans and stuff are mm -hmm. like, like younger than me. And it's like, how did that happen? I'm uh, so, I was so used to being the young guy. Now I'm the old guy. My 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 YouTube demographics skew older for YouTube, like um, but still most of the audience is younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've got yeah. a couple in that over 50 and, a, and very few in that over 60, but a lot of them are in that 35 to 44, which right. is still significantly yeah, that, younger than me. Yeah, that's that's where most of my I think most of my fans are around that in 30 to 40 range mm -hmm. um which is you know it's not, the way i figured it's like people that started getting into my stuff when they were in high school probably because mm -hmm. when i was starting my art career they're probably in high school and checking my stuff out sure. and so now they have jobs and money and they can money buy, and, buy artwork yeah, and buy stuff artwork. Yeah. <laughs> yep <laughs> but, um which brings me, yeah, I want to talk to you about this. Uh, there's there's so many things I want to talk to you about. Uh, well, first off, okay, before we get into that, because I want to talk about Beat the Geeks, because <laughs> you said right. there's a funny story there, because <laughs> that was weird. That was, okay, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, get it. Don't you know, spoil one, it. One of, the things, one of the things I love about zombies, one of my favorite zombie movies of all time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm a Night of the Living Dead guy. That was That's probably the first horror movie experience i had that changed everything for me is mm -hmm. watching that when i was on tv um sitting in my underwear after my bath uh, <laughs> on sunday night <laughs> it was on tv it's sitting there just being like mesmerized yes and um it just i it's one of my favorite movies of all time but uh you know then then it was dawn of the dead was a huge one and uh zombie and what i what i love about zombie is this it's so bad in a lot of ways and mm -hmm. so good legitimately good in a lot of ways like the cinematography right. and some of the shots is like that's a uh the you know the cinematographer's name the the i forget it's like because he worked on a movie that i worked uh, on in italy one of my mm -hmm. first movies cellar dweller uh oh, worked on cellar dweller? he worked on cellar dweller he was the dp right. or he was on he was on cellar dweller or one of the other movies that was being worked on while i was out there because but i talked mm -hmm. to this guy It'll come to me his name, but um, 
some of the shots are amazing like legitimate works of art cinematog yes. cinematic shots like the crab walking by mm -hmm. in the frame it's like there's so many amazing shots there's also amazing atmosphere with the the mm -hmm. drums and stuff going on but there's like some of the some of the zombie you know the head getting bashed in with a butt yeah. of a gun it looks like you know uh boysenberries or something <laughs> <laughs> and some of like an exploding head that's the head is just so bad it's like they did it in 10 minutes yeah. but there's also some really cool gore effects as well and some really great zombies in there mm -hmm. it's just got such a great mix of bad and good that i i love it that that's sort of full cheese career in a nutshell <laughs> like, <laughs> that's true that's true I, I, and, so, and so this is like not to derail the beat the geeks thing but like uh this is one of those things that makes me crazy about people talking about Fulci. is like there's this sort of tendency to dismiss his work as like kind of crappy like it's people love it but it's kind of crappy and mm. and i'm always like well that's not entirely accurate and and zombie and don't torture a duckling and things like that prove mm. that when fulci wanted to be engaged was engaged and wanted to make a movie he was a craftsman right he knew what he was doing and uh and and so and you see though that after he went through the sort of blackballing with the church after don't torture a duckling that he kind of that he felt sort of betrayed and he sometimes he showed up and sometimes he didn't care right <laughs> and, right <laughs> and, and later in his career he really didn't care but right like you know even the lesser Fulci films like Manhattan Baby or you know things like that there are still some great shots in there cool things and and so I always get like sort of defensive when people are like oh yeah Fulci he was just this gore hack you know yeah no no it's like the guy made movies in a lot of different genres and had a very promising career early on and he right. just kind of he was a little bit cantankerous and difficult to work with yeah. and and then the church got on him and and you know that sort of derailed his career but yeah so that was that yeah. was my full my full defense yeah i mean he, <laughs> he made the uh the, i mean the zombie versus shark is like a it's yeah. like a master piece uh, uh, of surrealism everybody knows that horror like, surrealism yeah. it's if so you're, if you're into horror you know about it yeah yeah it's so weird and so cool and it's just a, you know he was just he was he was never you know he was never argento like he right. didn't have the connection star dario's dad was you know already and his brother were a great entryway into the business for him and, right and and i suspect that you know argento was in his prime certainly more talented than than fulci but the idea that fulci was not like a uh was just a hack like like that he was just you know phoning yeah. him in type yeah thing. no no i i got bugged the, me yeah i always i had the feeling like from from zombie in particular since it's such a favorite of mine i've watched it a million times it's more it was more of a budgetary thing yeah. any of the badness was more of a budgetary sure. thing because it's like it had a cool story and well and the fact that you know they had to shoot everything in six different languages and then right. dumb it all post and right know, right like, <laughs> <laughs> which is like you know something i often have to explain to people and, and go like yeah they shot they didn't even shoot sound on any of this because this guy was doing his lines in german and she was doing them in right. italian and this guy was in english and, and they just went oh we'll just figure it out in post we'll just get we'll just get russoff and ed mannix in here to dub everybody and it'll be good <laughs> so 
I love I I do love uh I love the dubbing in these movies though. It's oh, like yeah. there's it adds to the charm of it. It adds Any, to anytime I hear Edward Mannix or Ted Rusov, I immediately geek out because it's like they they worked in so many of those films and didn't even get credited for, really? for half of them. Yeah, like they're just perennial, like almost every movie italian movie of that era especially rusov he's like all of them like he turns up everywhere so and then there's there's an actually an interesting interview with him on youtube where he talks about like he never met fulci but he heard he was kind of cantankerous and it was funny that he was in all these movies but yeah and edward mannix is even like more of a mystery i've never been able to even figure out if that guy actually existed (laughs) there's a voice and there's a page for him but i've never seen like footage of him or right. anything like like this is like some construct that they made up in a right. studio somewhere like, yeah, yeah yeah that, that's a uh yeah you're like a scholar of this it's like if you don't know this guy who this guy is then i i would yeah. you know yeah. that he may not exist <laughs> I, i've always wanted to do a video about manix and rusov and like you can't find foot you can't find a lot of rusov footage you can find a little bit but I, like i can't find any good manix stuff to make the video at all and it's like i've spent a year looking yeah <laughs> <So>. <laughs> like, like i know this voice exists but i'm not sure this edward manix is even a real dude like <laughs> like another this is like another joe d'amato pseudonym or something so. yeah you you it's you... probably joe d'amato himself doing yeah right (laughs) (laughs) yeah you've turned you a lot of uh names italian names that i i wasn't as as from i wasn't familiar with a lot of the names that you bring up Mm -hmm. that are coming up over and over it's like now they're familiar names so it's like i really do feel like i've i've been educated on a lot of this stuff and i i don't love to hear it because like i'm a teacher but i just love to hear it that like i can bring attention to these people whose work is often ignored and and that i love so much like as much as i make fun of matei and fragasso and and rosella drudy i i love those three (laughs) (laughs) like i love them and i you know i i would love to spend an evening with fragasso and his wife uh you know just talking about oh yeah yeah like and and partially because he's like so crazy delusional that he thinks he's like kubrick (laughs) and i would just love to sit there and hear that firsthand about how (laughs) night killer was really supposed to be his noir masterpiece Uh, but but i would just also just like to just talk to him and tell him like your work is just entertained me endlessly yeah if it wasn't for the reasons you intended but it was in its own way (laughs) right (laughs) that's what matters in the end if people love it if you know and we love these kinds of movies but you know like luigi Montefiore aka george eastman you know giovanni lombardo radice like all these great italian character actors and writers Mm -hmm. and suave and and you know i'm just it's been like my mission for for 20 years to make people aware of these these creators yeah yeah well yeah it worked with me that's i i I had no idea how uh tiny that that set that industry was when you tell watching your video it's like always and it's like they put american names to to like hide their names it's so funny vincent dawn (laughs) they're always like oh you can tell like someone an italian person thought this would be a good bruno bruno apparently chose vincent dawn because he loved vincent price and dawn of the dead was his favorite oh really (laughs) so vincent (laughs) i'm like that's a metal name dude i love it (laughs) 
Absolutely. Like it's not Clyde Anderson or Humphrey Humbert or, you know, some of those terrible ones you guys, but Lewis Fuller, you know, yeah. Argento was the only guy who never had to do it. Like right. he never did it. He was always Argento. Yeah. But, yeah. But everybody else had, had a different name. Michael Suave at least was close, yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, but like every D'Amato, Jesus, D'Amato has so I, I bet there are a hundred D'Amato pseudonyms we don't even know about. <laughs> Like if you comb yeah, through probably, IMDb, right? like I, I do it sometimes. I'm like, I bet that was him. <laughs> like this name sounds like a Damato suit. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that that's one thing I, when I, I worked on cellar dweller in Italy is I, um, I realized that Sergio Salvati mm -hmm. is the, was the DP. Was the DP? Yeah. Okay. And he like, that sounds work. right. Yeah. And I, I think that's what it is. And, and I think he worked on like, uh the good the bad and the ugly on, like yeah a lot spaghetti of westerns films. yeah and yes. and um i i realize it's like it's a really small uh crew group of people it just never occurred to me with all the italian horror horror stuff that you show on your channel but when i was out there it was like i couldn't believe this guy was working on this crappy yeah. ass movie they and just he wanted was like, to work yeah and he was yeah. happy he wasn't like oh, oh i have oh. to work on this he was like a cool guy mm -hmm. enjoying his job all the crew all the italian crew were super everyone except who was yeah. a total asshole he was the <laughs> really production manager he was a he was just a screamer asshole huh. i don't mind saying that uh, uh, publicly because <laughs> he was that bad but um every, that was like everyone nobody like <laughs> um uh but it was like it was such a cool environment they broke you know they had these long lunches there yeah, was a commissary oh, yeah. where they had wine and this amazing uh -huh. bread everyone was getting drunk at lunch <laughs> it was just the way that it was a relaxed atmosphere it was a really cool way yeah of making films and everybody worked on everybody's movies it was like mm -hmm. you know the grips it's like everybody knew each other it was a small yeah. little family a tiny it, little community yeah it was super cool super cool really great I, experience I, i'm always saddened that like it ended like they didn't yeah. make those little horror films anymore yeah so it's like man that was such a shame because yeah. there was so much wild inventiveness and in, yeah even right. in the stuff that wasn't that didn't work uh, <laughs> was still wildly inventive and entertaining in its own weird way right so, one yeah. i worked on three movies out there one was uh cellar dweller one was called pulse pounders which was, uh -huh. was stuart gordon hp lovecraft like anthology i think did that one get released i don't know i never I don't saw think it, it did i i that's that name sounds familiar to me and i'm i think that was one that didn't get released because wasn't that like the one they were talking about doing when they did castle freak out there i don't remember i don't remember that was around that was mid 90s I, I I went out there in eighty six or eighty seven. Okay, that's, so that's when we shot. That. And it was called something else. It was I called know. something else when we were working on it. And I think I think it got re I think it got released as Pulse Pounders, but it was called something else. Okay, but I don't know. I could be I could be wrong. No, I, it's just funny because I was just reading about uh, because I was doing I was doing a Castle Freak script. There's a little sneak preview of something that's on the horizon. Oh, cool! And uh, you know, because I was like, oh, I got to get through all the Combs and Crampton and and Stuart Gordon stuff. And uh, and yeah, Pulse Pounders came up in there, and I'm like, I have never seen that. And I'm like, I think it did either it didn't get released or it got really limited right. release. Or yeah, something, yeah, so. I think I think so. But I have to say, Stuart Gordon was super cool. Oh yeah, super cool okay. guy. Like, cause we ate lunch times together and he was so uh -huh. nice and he was a big 
huge Lovecraft fan. He was just yeah. like he was like us. He was like yeah. a horror, horror nerd, you know. He's horror super, nerd. Yep. Super cool guy. <laughs> super cool guy. Um uh but anyway, uh uh oh uh I was gonna say one more thing. I do this every episode. I blank out. <laughs> well, well, people are used to it, so it's okay. Um Salvati. Ah, 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 forgot. Anyway, okay. Never mind. <laughs> It'll come back to me. Uh so anyway, okay, let's get on with the, the let's hear about the, the beat the geek saga. Yeah. Because because what the re how I found it was I found your channel. I was like, oh my God, this these this guy's great. I love his, you know, when you find a new creator, you like start mm -hmm. looking around for them and see who is this guy because these uh -huh. videos are awesome. So I was looking you up and I found a video on yes. uh some weird it wasn't youtube yeah, daily was motion daily motion yeah on, uh, because, beat the because youtube blocked mine that was my yeah. video <laughs> okay. that youtube that nbc blocked or viacom blocked worldwide and someone took it from my video from youtube and put it on daily yeah, motion on it their looked, account. It looked, <laughs> yeah it looked pretty uh rough quality yeah. like copies yeah copies. so yeah it already was rough quality when i uploaded <laughs> it in like 2009 <laughs> and then they took a copy of a copy right. so yeah and yeah. so then I saw it and I'm like, oh, wow, this guy's on, you know, the show I never knew about because I didn't I never heard of the show. Mm -hmm. I didn't see it at the time. I just wasn't aware. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, shit, that's Paul Salamoff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Paul Salamoff beat him. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. I love <laughs> it's Paul. Like, I, I, yeah, I worked with Paul for, I don't know, five years or something at Alterian uh -huh. Studios. Uh, so, you know, yeah. I, I, I knew him pretty well. So it was just like such a weird thing to go looking yeah. someone up that you just discovered. It's like, and then Oh, discover that you have like, it's not even six degrees of separation. Yeah, it's right. one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so how did that whole thing happen? Cause that was like a TV show. I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, early in the early late nineties, I started writing about film as I had said, and I wrote a bunch of stuff online and, and for a long time, I wasn't, uh, you know, I freelanced. I wasn't, nobody wanted to pay anybody to be staff anywhere. Right. Mm. Because you're writers and you're expendable even back then. But uh, one, there was this site at the time called ePinions that was like a site for just product reviews. And they just, and they paid like, 10 cents a hit and 30 cents a hit depending on what category you were in and like that i was like this is a scam they're not going to pay me 30 cents a hit per per review but i'm like i'm going to put shit up here and see what happens and mm. like uh, nobody was covering cannibal films and stuff like that but people <laughs> were certainly looking for it right. and so i'm racking up millions of views on this site at 10 cents and 30 cents a hit and uh and i'm like they're never gonna pay me this money right i'm never this is like a typical internet startup i'm right. gonna do all this work and i'm gonna have all this money in an account and it's imaginary money and they'll send me stock options or something right, right? that'll be worthless <laughs> and uh Lo and behold, they paid. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Cool. And so, and so that became like this primary, like income driver for me for, for a number of years. While I, because like, you know, I was making good money writing for places like IGN and all the other traditional sites, but, um, this was per hit. And like, that was a terrible idea in retrospect because it's so easy to manipulate. Right. <laughs> like, you know, I can get all kinds of people just click on this shit all right. day. That right? was, that was before, click before that yeah. was a common yeah. knowledge, I think. But, uh, but yeah, so, and so I'm 
doing that and I'm doing well and I'm writing for a bunch of places. And, uh, and one day I get this email that says, Hey, I'm the casting director for an upcoming comedy central game show called beat the geeks. And we're looking for a horror geek. And I found your work and you're like super knowledgeable. And we'd like to invite you to come down and audition. And I type back, yeah, sure. Who, which one of my friends is this? That's dicking me around, you know, like yanking my chain. <laughs> and she's like, no, we're serious. I'm like, all right, I'll come. And, uh, and that was like, uh, they booked me a flight to LA and they're like, uh, you're coming in on September 12th, 2001 and September 11th, 2001 happened. And that was not, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So I'm like, Ooh, maybe my gig is gone already. So, but, uh, they ended up rescheduling me to come down and audition on like, uh, 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 like that October around Halloween. And so they were on the same lot as mad TV. Uh, they were like, right. They shared studio space with mad TV. Uh, so I go down there and I go to the production office and they have a quiz for me, right? They're like, we're going to film you and we want you to, we're going to ask you these questions. We want you to answer the question. And if you can ad lib interesting shit about the answer, do it. And so I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. And so they fire off 10 questions and I missed one. I missed, I missed, uh, chop top bill mosley i couldn't think of bill mosley's name oh, right. the easiest question yeah. on the list i flubbed <laughs> 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 right? like, like the easiest damn question on the on the whole test i flub but uh but but they're like oh we love you and and they're like oh we you know i'm like what other geeks do you even have what other geeks are you can have on the show and they're like well we're gonna have a movie geek every episode who's like a recurring and a music and a tv geek and then you guys will be guest geeks and they're like and we have us we have a like a, a simpsons geek and and a, i forget like a sopranos geek and they're like a hip-hop geek and i'm like can i take that test too because <laughs> I, I love rap music yeah and uh and uh and, and they're like sure and i beat the hip-hop geek score on the test but they wouldn't give me two roles so. <laughs> but uh but I, but I went home and they're like, yeah, you're, you're the horror geek. And like, we talked to a bunch of different people and like nobody, either people didn't like, we had some, you know, some gothy girls who, you know, couldn't answer the questions. And uh, you know, we had some guys who could answer the questions, but had no presence. They're like, you are the, the guy, you're the horror geek. And I'm like, okay, sure. So they're like, <laughs> you, we'll get you to come down. You're going to do five episodes, uh, the first season. So I go down there and I show up and, uh, it was, you know, it's always funny to learn how production works because yeah, like yeah. a 30 minute show takes like six hours yeah, to shoot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you think, oh, I'm going to be there for 30 minutes and I'll yeah, be and I'm going back to the hotel. No, no, <laughs> no. It's a whole day. It's like a 12 hour day to shoot five episodes. And that was fast. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, so I did it and, uh, and it came out and we had good ratings and so they picked us up for a second season and they're like we want you to come back and i'm like well i'm like here's my problem with this is like the first season i show up nobody challenged me like i i got really yeah i didn't get to do a final showdown i didn't get i I got like asked one question uh you know type thing and and so they're like well we're gonna fix that we're gonna fix that we're gonna be better about you know putting contestants who have interests with a guest geek you know, so that there's a better opportunity for, for the guest geeks to get challenged. And so I'm like, okay, like, I'm like, I'm like, I'll be honest. I'm annoyed. Like, so (laughs) it's total tangent, but one of the funny (laughs) things was, was that they pissed me off because they would ask these questions of the geeks that were like essay questions, a, which is fine. I I don't care. Like I'm supposed to be the expert and you can ask me a tough question if you want. 
but they would they would be wrong <laughs> like one of the questions was like what was the tagline of child's play or what was yeah the tagline of child's play three was like look who's talking or something and that wasn't the tagline of the right. movie that was just what was on the poster that wasn't the sub it was what was the subtitle and that wasn't the subtitle right. that was just the tagline or <laughs> or they asked me like a john carpenter question that had to do with like memoirs of an invisible man i'm like that's not a fucking horror movie you know like <laughs> i'm like why are you embarrassing me <laughs> like oh so there so you're getting these questions on the show yeah on the show oh, yeah wow. these weren't the test questions no these were these were on the show and oh I'm my like, god so, so so yeah so i was a little annoyed about that but, yeah but uh i'm like because i don't like to look dumb and i'm like yeah, going, right. going like it was important. yeah right yeah like, you every, get, the, you we get were it all, wrong because you're right right yeah so and most people don't know any better so right so so but they said well come back and we'll do it and you know so i did and uh and i got more challenges the second season and, and one of the last episodes was paul's episode and uh and he challenged me in the final and and uh and so we go up there and i'm up like i think three to I don't know, like four to two or something like that and you have to get to six and you can pick one two or three point questions and uh and he knows i'm gonna pick a two-pointer and i'm gonna nail it because the two-pointers are pretty easy in the finals one mm -hmm. and two-pointers are pretty easy three points are you know significantly harder especially for the geeks like again they gave you a harder question right so he knows that I'm going to pick a two and win. And he's like, <laughs> and he's going to have to take the three to, and pull out the Hail Mary. Uh -huh. And the question is about the changeling. And he literally is like, I just watched this yesterday. <laughs> 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 and so wow. he beats me on a question, a three point question about a movie he had just see <laughs> and we still laugh about it all the time I'm like you're so lucky yeah that is so lucky <laughs> but i'm glad so because like his part of his pro and so the funny thing about beat the geeks was was they were notorious for not actually giving out their prizes really <laughs> yeah like people had a hard time like i heard for for years afterwards like at the end like if you won the big package at the end uh sometimes you didn't get all the stuff or sometimes you really had to harass them to get the stuff or <laughs> you didn't get exactly what you were supposed to get and paul's package because it was a horror package was to go work be an extra on a trauma film and he actually ended up doing effects for it i think oh, wow. so, so it was, i think i don't know but i think it was like a pretty important moment in like his career as a as a hollywood talent and so i'm like i'm glad i lost because it you know like yeah, if i right. won it didn't do shit for me but you know like he got to go to a trauma movie and, right. and all this stuff and uh yeah so oh, cool but yeah that's how i met paul and it's funny because the footage of me and him that was on youtube that you saw on daily motion uh was actually he made that he put together a dvd of his episode and sent me a copy like so i could relive the agony of my <laughs> defeat forever i guess but it <laughs> sounds like something he would do <laughs> right <laughs> but uh but it's funny because he found you know he and i hadn't talked in you know quite a few years life happens type thing and mm -hmm. he found the show on youtube he found my sick flicks and and uh and he's like oh my god i love this and you know uh, so, uh, <laughs> so we, we did reconnect over that so oh, I, that's I was cool happy about that because i you know he's i i love paul he's a Great yeah guy. he's a good dude yeah he, yeah he, yeah so. he, he's he's uh he's funny cool guy yeah so um, i was glad like if i was gonna lose to somebody i'm like ah paul's a good guy to yeah lose yeah to. totally <laughs> and, definitely and, I think it, and it gave him a, a, a it, even if that wasn't like a key thing in his career it gave him a job like mm -hmm, right something yeah uh, 
Yeah, so, definitely. So I'm happy that worked out that way. So what happened? Uh, did they cancel the show or what yeah. happened with that? Uh, so what happened was uh, typical Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> there was a regime change at Comedy Central and uh, we were uh, a popular show like right behind when Ben Stein's money, I guess, at the time. Mm-hmm. And when the regime change happened, the new VP of programming came in and shit canned everybody's all the old guys shows. Oh, God. Uh, and so Ben Stein's money survived, but we did not. And, oh, that's uh, a bummer. <laughs> and so, yeah. And the really funny thing about Beat the Geeks was was that a you know like so you know uh, it did well. It's still people still watch it. Like it's still on in like Canada. They run the oh really it runs in like Canada or Australia or somewhere. Sometimes I'll get I don't get any residuals from that, but sometimes I get an email from somebody who's like, I saw you on Beat the Geeks in Australia, and <laughs> it's like twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> How is that still on? But the show was really sort of ahead of its time in terms yeah. of like celebrating geek culture. Definitely, uh, like geeks geek culture was not quite as big as it was. Right uh now back then whereas if they'd come along like three to five years later they'd have never got us off the air right (laughs) yeah it would have been been like yeah everybody loves all this nerdy you know they'd have marvel geeks and yeah all this stuff but uh you know it was a fun experience and it was good from a branding perspective definitely i'm the horror geek you you... call yourself a horror geek but i'm the official horror geek (laughs) because that was my title <laughs> so <laughs> you got paid for having that title. yeah I, I yeah i made a decent chunk of money i got to go to la and they treated me like royalty like i had a trailer and wow. people following me around they had you know, <laughs> special lunches you know so uh yeah I, and you know i met i you know i met some cool people i, I met paul and, yep. and like paul the tv geek i still talk to and mark the movie geek uh you know they're they're all great guys and we actually did like a little little reunion thing a couple years ago uh you know paul was trying to get the show uh paul gobel the tv geek was trying to get a relaunch of the show off the ground which mm-hmm. didn't happen probably because it's just cheaper to steal it and do it yourself now yeah, instead right. of bringing us back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah no doubt. uh so yeah it, it was like but it was like a weird sort of double-edged sword because uh again like the novel thing i came off beat the geeks and I'm a writer and suddenly I had offers to do a lot of TV <laughs> like, wow. which was not expected. I right. was not prepared for like uh, ESPN wanted me to come on the, they had that morning show on ESPN two cold pizza. Like they wanted me to come on as a, you know, like a recurring segment type thing about movies and video games and tech wow. and stuff like that. And I, but I would had to move to New York and I lived in the Bay area at the time. And I was uh, like, fuck the last place I want to go is New York. I live, right. I live in Oakland. Right. <laughs> like, it's a total different vibe. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then like there was an AMC movie review show. They, you know, they're like, we want you to come on and be, you know, you and, you know, tell these stuffy guys why these movies are great and wow and and i was just like i'm a writer i'm not a tv personality right <laughs> so i just basically nixed all of it and uh went back to writing and then the internet writing industry fell to pieces <laughs> and, and now you're well, and now you're a, a and now i'm now a youtuber you, yeah. yeah so but i mean that yeah. is being a youtuber is that job now it's it a, is. It's the modern version of that job. It is. Those jobs it's it's a better job in yeah. a lot of ways. Cause I, cause I say all the time, like, you know, my videos have put up almost 10 million views and wow. like, 
there are shows on cable that don't put up. I know. Like that's crazy. <laughs> like you're, crazy. I'm beating, I'm beating cable network TV a lot, right. of, you know, a lot of the time. So, yeah. Uh, and it's, know. it's like, it's funny because, you know, I watch like new news shows and it's like the Sunday mm-hmm. morning news shows. I don't have TV anymore. I just watch mm-hmm. everything on through the internet. Yeah. And you know, I th- uh, it's meet the press. You're not show meet the press. It's like yeah. the longest running yeah. show in the history of television. They put their show on YouTube every yep. Sunday and the sound quality is total dog shit. Right. It's like distorted. <laughs> it's like they're just from another, that era is just like, it's a, it's kind amazing of irrelevant how, now. yeah. How technology has evolved. Like you can set up, like I have, my show looks like crap because it's supposed to like we could i could make the show look better i could go out and buy fancy cameras and better lights mm. and all this stuff but part that of the charm <laughs> of a of a low budget movie horror movie show right. is that it's supposed to look like your saturday afternoon Can't crappy guy sick. on a set yeah. like yeah. you know i grew up with dr paul bearer here in in the tampa area uh and you know he sat on a in a crappy chair with like a cardboard background and you know yeah, and told yeah. and made a lot of puns and terrible jokes yeah. and and so that that's you know that's what I grew up with all those guys and, mm-hmm. and then I had Joe Bob like way back like I, I'm a Joe Bob hipster like I was around before Monster I was back when he was on TMC you know when he was doing Joe Bob's drive-in right movies and showing like Sybil Danning yeah uh, and Andy Sedaris movies and shit like yeah. <laughs> so, so so yeah but like those those guys and and Charlie Balin were like the big influences on me as far as like you can talk about this stuff seriously and all that. That, but you literally can make a professional looking YouTube show in your spare room yeah. with an iPhone. It's <laughs> like, yeah, it's a, yeah, the it's technology crazy. is so crazy. amazing and so affordable. Like the phone in your pocket is as good as stuff they were shooting TV with a couple years. Yeah, ago. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's like I, I think that I think that uh, you know people you have to be at least our age to fully appreciate it. Because yeah. we grew up at a time when it was like, you know, Man, snail, you snail a, mail. Camcorder was expensive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had to, I remember uh, I had to rent a VCR to watch a movie. Oh, yeah. And rent oh, yeah. a movie. And they yes. were like $100 for a video uh-huh. set if you Yeah, lost you had to put the big the big deposit <laughs> down. And, yeah. And the VCRs weighed about three tons. And they were top loaders. <laughs> yeah. And our first VCR was a top loader. It weighed about 3,000 pounds. <laughs> and it had a remote that had a cord like it wasn't even a wireless remote it literally did fast wow. forward and rewind play and stop and it had a cord that reached across your That's living amazing. room so my, yeah, my dad my, my dad's cousin is an accountant in pittsburgh and he was very well off and i remember we went to visit him like in must have been like 82 or 83 maybe mm-hmm. And he had a VCR before people had VCRs, like before it was a common thing. Mm-hmm. And I just remember him showing us this gigantic behemoth box that played John Wayne movies that he could stop <laughs> and rewind and fast forward and pause. Yeah, and I was, was like, like, oh my wow. God, I need one of these. <laughs> <laughs> and now kids are like, what is that thing? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, I mean, we're getting near the end. I don't want to keep you too long. I, I appreciate you making the time for us oh, here. It's been uh, fun. Yeah, super fun. I, I do have to ask uh, a couple couple final questions, which is kind of uh, lightning round for me. Yes, lightning round. <laughs> One, uh, do you have what are your what are your future plans for the the um, show? And then the mm-hmm. other thing is, you're a, a fucking 
power lifter. Yes. Like, it's like you've got a video on your Twitter feed of you lifting like 500 pounds or something. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah I was insane. a five, 540, I think. That yeah, one. insane. <laughs> insane. So, right. uh, yeah, what the hell, man? That's All like, right. that's really unusual. <laughs> so, plans for the show. Let's tackle that one first. Um, okay. Plans for the show. Um, they're very much in flux right now because of the situation <laughs> with YouTube. I, I envision doing sick flicks. I could do sick flicks for the rest of my life. I hope uh, you and do. Never, and never cover all the movies that yeah, are worth yeah, covering. Right. Uh, I get out yeah. one video a week, and that's that's 50 videos a year. If I did that for 20 years, that's a 1,000 movies. There's way more than a 1,000 movies on my list of things I would like to cover. Um, so, yeah. But I also fear that the way YouTube is moving and the, and the sort of content industry as a whole is moving that like doing the kind of show I do, which is so reliant on footage to make it work may not be viable. I think there will always be a way to do uh, movie videos where there's more of you on camera and less of the footage or just very select bits of footage that you can get away with. But where mine, it's like going through the movie and making jokes about specific things on right. screen or that are happening uses so much movie. I think it's made me, that's part of why I'm such a target is because they like to go, well, this is a replacement for watching the movie. And it's really not because right. no, as, no. As, as we pointed out in the conquest counterclaim, the conquest is like 90 minutes long. My video is like 17 of that 17 minutes. It's not all the movie. There's no way. There's and no way I'd ever watch. And then I'm, talking, and then I'm talking over yeah. it when the footage is there anyway. Yeah. There's no way it's anybody. Not, who, no, it's yeah. Ridiculous. It's not watching it's the movie. Like, no, I'm sorry. No. If it was, I would admit it, but it's, it's, it's not, not even close. It's not, even it's not close. the same thing. Like I want you to see things that make you go like, Oh, I want to go see this without yeah, him talking. Yeah. Over. That's the thing. You want to watch the movie after you see right. it. Right. And the fact yeah. that I get people who comment, I wish you'd shut up and just show the movie tells me that like, <laughs> you know, like that it's working that i'm not you know you're not seeing the movie i'm talking over it i'm ruining right. the movie for you <laughs> give me a break but uh yeah i get i get those comments yeah i know i, I see i watch the movie you're like jesus dude i see him <laughs> like, i see him <laughs> but uh but yeah so so um, I like doing sick flicks. Sick flicks is a lot of work. Like I never realized how hard and time consuming it would be to write terrible jokes, like mm -hmm. to write dad yeah, jokes. That's, <laughs> that's one thing I wanted to bring up is the writing. Uh, your scripts are so good. They really are good. Oh, thank you. The writing is great. It's not just like for people who haven't seen it. It's not just some dude talking about movies. It's like you're, you're yeah. it's well-written scripted. And really it's a funny. lot of dad jokes and terrible puns. Like yeah. if you like and if you all, grew all up the... with Elvira, and I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like that's the that's the vibe. And that's yeah. what this yeah. is what always kills me is that guys will come in and they're like, Well, you're not funny, or these jokes are stupid. Yeah. It's like that's that's <laughs> the point. The point of the fucking show yeah, yeah. is that the jokes are supposed to be stupid. Yeah, you, I don't think don't... I'm Jerry Seinfeld right. with, with a dad joke. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like and they, they are paying... funny yeah they're funny in that way it's yeah like th that you don't get the humor it's not that they're I, not funny i'm paying homage to these horror hosts who i grew up yeah, with who were yeah. so instrumental in my love of this stuff you know the dr paul bears the sven Gullies, chili mm -hmm. billy elvira joe bob you know, like all these people like help foster this love of this and, right. and it was this is how they did it and, and it's like me just I love that stuff because it's so goofy and I, yeah. and I love Mr. I love mystery science theater. I'm a huge, yeah. I've been a Misty for forever. And, uh, and so, you know, I'm like, 
I can do that. I'm not as good as those guys, but you know, I can do it and, and help you find some movies. I'll do some movies that these guys weren't going to do right. as part of the thing. Like I, you know, and uh, although Rift Tracks has done a lot of shit I've done lately, so <laughs> really? it's sort of funny to me. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, oh shit, Rift Tracks did this. Oh man, yeah. You know, like, you know, how am I going to top that? Like, you know. So, but uh, it, yeah. So, so I, I think people like some people just don't get it because they don't understand it contextually. But you're not my fucking audience if yeah, you don't yeah, understand. Exactly. It's not my job to teach you the influences of my show. Uh, I just, I, I love, yeah, I love the, uh, I love your references too, because it's like, I know that like, I'm like, I mean, they're like the 2% of people yeah. that are getting so, it, like shit right. from the seventies that nobody yes. knows about like so, TV commercial references or whatever right. it is. So this it's is, like... this is me. Yeah. I am a font of useless knowledge, uh, like pop culture, useless I knowledge. Too, and, and, uh, and so like, and so like, um, you know, I used to think Dennis Miller was a genius because he just fired off all these obscure references and I got them. Right. Like I knew almost all of them. And then he went nuts. But right. before he went nuts, I loved the guy. And like, and I'm like, oh, I could do that because I know all this shit right. too. And, and so, and so like a lot of times I will just like, there's a boxer rebellion joke in a video. Like who the fuck makes huh? a joke about the, like that's yeah, a right. joke that lands for like two people, but it lands exactly. for me. So and so that's goes what, yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's how you that's the, the correct approach because yeah. there is there will always be somebody out there. There's gonna you're gonna find the the real true hardcore fans by yes. being yourself hundred percent. That's what I yeah. truly believe. And the hardcore fans are the ones that aren't gonna give you shit for talking over the movie, right? Or for you know, whatever, all these stupid criticisms. It's like you yeah. don't want those people, you want the people that really love it. Those are the people that will go to your Patreon, yeah, like they're, and there's pay, for, weird... pay for memberships to yeah. your YouTube channel and support you in a real way, you know. There's this weird mentality online that because I'm on YouTube, that that a I'm accessible to you, you know, and like right. I am very accessible. Um, I talk, I answer as many comments as I can, which and I answer a lot of comments and I'm very accessible yeah. on social media. Like if you, if you reach out to me and messenger or Facebook or, or Twitter or, or leave a comment, I heart everything to let you know, I've seen it. Mm -hmm. I, and I will get to your message. Uh, if you DM me at some point, it may not be today. It may take me a week, but, right. but I, I will get to it. And, uh, and so, but there's this sort of weird, and they call what do they call it parasocial relationships where because you're on their screen that they think they know you and that you're friends right. and that you and 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 like really i consider a lot of my regular viewers friends even though i've never met them because we talk about this stuff and we like all the same stuff mm -hmm. but at the same time like there's this belief that because i put videos on youtube that i want your criticism yeah, <laughs> i don't want your fucking criticism <laughs> like i have no interest in your criticism yeah go do it if, yourself if, if you don't like if, it if you don't like it don't watch it yeah i don't need to know yeah I, that's I'm the thing gonna, it's, it's free i'm not gonna change <laughs> it to make you happy i'm not gonna stop doing it because you don't like it there's a billion channels on youtube i'm sure there's one you like go find it leave me alone <laughs> like and and, yeah. and then people are like well you just want people who kiss your ass it's like no i don't want people who kiss my ass i just want people who enjoy what i do right <laughs> like and that's it like i you know i i'm not getting rich off this uh it's a lot of time and work and i love to do it and it's fun and when you come along and you criticize me 
it sucks all the fun out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's like it doesn't and it doesn't help anything. Like if you came to me with like like I've had people come to me with like a legitimate thing, like, hey, your sound's a little off. You should try this. Mm -hmm. I'm totally open to yeah, that. Yeah, that's a different story. <laughs> it's it's yeah, when you come yeah. to me and you go, dude, you suck. You're not funny. You're not this. You're not that. Like, Great. I, what what am I supposed to do with this information? <laughs> like, Nine-year-old boys. You yeah. know, that's the thing. You can't. They're, they're, I wish there was some kind of like verification. If, yeah. if, if, if you had to be verified in some way to get online, which will never happen. But if you, if so we knew who, who was yeah. making the comments, people wouldn't talk shit half yeah. the time. If they, if I, I always think of that Mike Tyson quote about, you know, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth on the <laughs> internet. And then that the internet has made some of you way too comfortable with talking a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it, man. I'm like, you, I say to guys all the time, I'm like, dude, you would not say this to my face. Oh, yeah. Standing in front of you, you would not say this to me. <laughs> so why would you say it here? Yeah. Yeah. It's but, just uh, online. Yeah. So, but the, but the future of the show, uh, you know, I'm going to continue to do sick flicks until they make it impossible to do it um, because I like doing it. Um, but I, you know, I have been working on some other shows uh, because mm. I feel like uh, on top of sick flicks, we just like sometimes I there are some movies that don't lend themselves well to that kind of coverage. Right. Like, like, you know, as much as I'd like to do Irreversible, it's hard to joke about Irreversible. I learned a bit of a lesson with Martyrs. Like, you know, how do you make Martyrs funny? Right. <laughs> and I, like, I think I did kind of, yeah. but like, I go, man, that was a, that was a hard one. Right. Like, uh, and maybe that's like, should have been a different video. Right. <laughs> so, so, so we, uh, we've been working on a second show called Deep Cuts, uh, which is more of a, like uh, a deeper dive into a, a movie type thing with maybe maybe some jokes maybe fewer uh, but definitely fewer jokes and less puns and stuff like mm. that but more of just the like yeah. you know the the segments where i kind of talk about things behind the scenes stuff or the more yeah, you know yeah. stuff yeah, about yeah, the, yeah. the trivia about the movie type thing yeah that stuff's uh, really interesting i enjoy that part of it as well yeah know? and a lot of people do and a lot of people have asked for more of that and it's like hard to fit it in around all the jokes right, right. and uh mm. and so so I've shot a few episodes of that. Um, this will be the first time I'm going to give you an exclusive. All right. The, the first, the first episode, if I ever get around to filming <laughs> is, is a video on what happened to Rowdy Roddy Piper's lost horror film, Sinjin Smith. Are you familiar I, with? No, it? I've never. So, heard of that. <laughs> so in the early two thousands, this guy, Ethan Dettenmeyer, uh, announced he was making a movie called Sinjin Smith. And it was about, um, a guy who uh, supposedly the devil on Halloween appears in two places at once, uh, of the plains of India and a prison cemetery in Kansas. And this was the genesis of this story about Roddy Piper and Richard Tyson are U.S. Marshals who have to go pick up this guy at the Kansas prison who was played by Corns lead singer uh jonathan davis oh wow and uh and i know him gonna escort him <laughs> i yeah, should ask gonna, him about it because i should. know him yeah i would yeah. love to know more about it i've tried to get in touch with ethan dentenmeyer about it and he's never gotten back to me but uh but they they were you know going to transport this guy who's probably the devil and and they shot like as far as i can tell they shot a ton of it and and then it just fell apart and it's wow. never been 100 clear why it fell apart but apparently because the rumor always was was that they didn't have a guarantee bond so mm -hmm. they ran out of money and they had no guarantee bond to finish and uh but like there's like a whole like i spent like 
two weeks in this Sinjin Smith rabbit hole, <laughs> like <laughs> old message board forums and all wow. the links are dead, but like through the internet way back machine yeah. and all this stuff, like I can find some of these like Dettenmeyer on message boards talking about, well, Warner brothers was going to release it, but they didn't understand it. And they wanted it to be like this sort of more teen friendly horror movie. And I'm making this dystopian horror movie and, and all this stuff. And, and it's like, and then Piper at one point was like, I'm going to take my name off of it because it's never coming out. But Richard Tyson talked him out of it. Like, just leave it out there and see if anything comes of it. And then Piper passed and, and Dettenmeyer does like podcasts and all this stuff. And he's, he's totally out there, but like I messaged him and I've never gotten a response wow. and, and I'm a fan. Like, yeah, I'm like right, I wanted right. to see this movie. I want to, uh, and now you've got like all this old Roddy Piper footage in this movie, like, maybe finish it or let's right. do, do something with it yes give me a couple pieces of it that would be other than what's out there we yeah can, you know but yeah so that's the first thing like just a, a weird sort of uh you know horror movie that never happened that i'm interested in that i think a lot of people don't know about yeah that they would be interested in especially because you know piper was such an icon mm -hmm. and uh yeah so so that one is scripted and that i've kind of put it I've put Funny it because your regular stuff is obscure horror movies, yeah, and these are like obscure, obscure, obscure. horror movies. <laughs> I don't want them all to be that way, but yeah, that was like I was like, man, I like what? What's the video that would like has the best chance of popping off to a wide audience? Like you know, and I'm like, people love pro wrestling, people love Roddy Piper. I love Roddy Piper, and they what, live is this yeah, huge thing now. It's like, and you know. so yeah. So like, here's a movie that he did and they shot a lot of that movie because there are clips of it online. I'll, there's like footage of them rehearsing what it. I've got, I've got footage of them like scenes and there's uh, some guy shot footage of them in a Fango weekend of horrors in like 2006 or 2008 or something wow. like that. So, you know, I've done all this groundwork and there's podcasts about it. And like a lot of the stuff is lost because of the internet. Like it's just gone. Right. But, uh, but there are still articles and stuff out there about it. And that's why I really wanted to talk to, you know, Ethan about it because I'm like, well, what, what, ha what's the real story here? Why, why did this? And I think like, if he, if he didn't have the money to finish, they, again, like beat the geeks were just too far ahead of the curve because I think now you just crowdfund it. You just go yeah, like, we need right. $300,000 to put out this Roddy Piper movie and people would jump in and oh, throw money at him. Yep. And back then though, that wasn't, <clears throat> wasn't a thing everyone's like i'm not giving people on the internet money are you crazy that's a good right. way to get scammed <laughs> <laughs> and so but yeah so i've been fascinated by this movie because i i heard about it when they first announced it. like there was all this buzz around this little movie and then it never happened and uh and i'm like well that's a great first episode topic yeah that sounds amazing new show and uh and you know like some of the other ones like I, i'd like to talk about del toros at at the mountains of madness oh yeah i worked on that yeah did you yeah, yeah i worked on the i'm gonna ask you some questions then, concept so. concept design some it concept was... yeah that stuff still is still out there like you know and and he and he talks about like well maybe it could still happen someday and i hope it does so. yeah yeah now that but, he's uh, you know an oscar he's an oscar winning, winner right yeah. yeah that that was sort of the thesis of that script is that you know he won an Oscar. He, yeah. he could do this now if he wants. Somebody should just give him the fucking money and let him do it. Uh, you know. uh, the script is so good. Yeah, so that's cool. what I've heard. Uh, so the little cool. bits I've seen of it, very cool. I was uh, like so the best, excited. Probably the best Lovecraft adaptation we'd have ever yep, got. Absolutely. The most faithful, best, like just from the stuff I've seen. Yeah. 
And so, so yeah, so I would like to do more stuff like that because, you know, it's, it's different, but it's the same. And it's, I, I think it would be successful. I think it would yeah. be popular. I think I, in there's some a, ways it would probably be more popular Yeah, maybe uh, because there's maybe. sort of a, a, you know, there's only so many people who can tolerate a bunch of dad jokes. <laughs> 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 and so, and so, you know, you look at like, you know, the Ryan Hollingers of the world and you go, well, he just does these serious video essays about, about horror movies. Uh, I could do that. All um, right. Fuck, I know more. <laughs> so, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, so we're doing that, and and I've I'm kicking around a second channel, um, which I have not announced yet. So, because it's not it's not ready, but uh, it's it's not a horror movie channel, but it is horror related. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, there's some scripts for that. A lot of it is is just like uh, I'm one guy. I have yeah. one editor. There's only so many hours in a day. Tell me about it, man. I like to play video games. <laughs> I like to sit on my couch and do nothing. I don't get to do either enough. <laughs> That's why I haven't been on your show until now. Right, right. Literally, I work seven days. I work seven days a week. Yeah. Um, a lot, a lot of weeks. It's seven days. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, just to keep the show running. And, and it's killed me this year because the copyright blocks have been the first time i've missed weekly episodes like i missed the lady terminator week and i'm gonna miss this upcoming week because they've claimed the uh, blood rage and blocked it uh and so that process just takes time to play out and i don't have it's hard to get far enough ahead to have backups yeah I know, trying I know. to do that but like the, the, i'm in the same spot with the podcast it's like yeah this this is going this is going to go it's going to go public wednesday uh-huh. It's like I, I do them right yeah. right before I'm going to post them because I, I haven't been able that, to. And that's how I did YouTube for a long time, and it just got to be too much. Yeah. And we got to where I'm like one ahead. Yeah. But I need to be like, with the copyright stuff, I need to be like six ahead. Right, uh, right. Because we had such a disaster with like Lady Terminator because that was a sponsored video. There was, you know, uh, the raid people of all people were like, we want to give you a bunch of money to promo our game in this video. Oh, right. And, right. Uh, and, uh, and then it got blocked and I had to tell them like, I'm sorry, ah, I can't, this sucks. has never happened. This is yeah. uncharted territory. So we had to make another video and put it in, but like, you know, yeah. Um, that sucks. So yeah. So then it not only messes with the, the audience's expectation, like I, it took, missing that week youtube will tell you like missing a week's no big deal you can miss a month it won't mean anything and my numbers were terrible after missing a week yeah. like the next video was puppet master which again popular movie which was destined not to do well and then uh but then to miss a week and that video is the worst performing video i've had in like two years <laughs> so, yeah like, well, really yeah and we just got back with bloody muscle bodybuilder in hell was like the first one where the numbers have been back to where they were before we got blocked and missed a week and now I'm going to miss next week, this week. Oh so. man, that sucks. <laughs> well, you know, I still, I still think that, you know, the, the hopefully the Patreon thing could be, could be big. You've got 65,000 yeah. subscribers, yeah. I'm at, I'm, you know, getting th three bucks a month from, uh, you know, 5,000 people. Yeah. That would be, you know, it's like, it's hard so, to do, but it, it is. You see, this is Chapo Trap House has makes like a hundred grand a, a oh, month. Oh yeah, 
yeah on patreon so it's like I, yeah i know some very big patreon people so possible and that's and that's it um for me and and that that's sort of the thing is i've always just been sort of reluctant to push it because i'm like well people you know times are tough like you know it's yeah. not a great economy yeah but and it's I hate for to, you too i hate to ask people you know to like pony up cash for the show my idea was always that you would just come and pay for your view by watching an ad or whatever right and uh and then youtube started taking away my ads on everything and they've taken away ads on old videos and will not and just refuse to give them back and uh videos that were fine for three years are suddenly not fine anymore yeah. type thing and but yeah if we had a patreon and if i pushed the patreon and we got to the point where the patreon would just replace the ad revenue i would it would make my life so much easier yeah. because i would not have to care about the ad revenue and people are always like well would you put more gore in and that would allow me to put more right gore. that's like the thing not, not crazy gore to where it gets age gated but like significantly more gore where if somebody claims it on copyright it's not worth their while because they can't run ads on it and i don't want to run ads on it so right it's a win-win yeah <laughs> yeah you get and you get more splatter so <laughs> so everybody but, listening who listens yes. who, who supports the dark art society patreon we've got like 400 people on there so it's like if you've already got an account, you could join at the lowest level, support Mike, support, watch the show. If you haven't seen it, you'll yeah, love just it. Just watch the show. And it you'll out. love it. You'll want to support him because he's, he's doing a great work. It's, it's like I said, it's my Thank favorite, you. favorite show on YouTube. Um, you. So, okay. Give me, give me the, give me the quick version the, the of power, the power lifting, the power lifting, <laughs> the weirdest thing about you. I think the, is that, uh, uh, that's funny that people, well, just, yeah, I, you know, I usually get, it's the usually that I like, yeah, lifter. yeah. So I, I, uh, I'm a late in life lifter. I, I was, uh, a competitive tennis player in, in my youth, ah. uh, was ranked for a while in, in the States. So you're and, an athlete. Uh, yeah, a little bit. No, I never played like football or anything, but I played tennis and hockey. And um and then uh I got really, really fat. <laughs> like, <laughs> I hit I hit three hundred pounds at one point. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. And uh and then uh I had some health issues from that and they're like, You really gotta lose this weight and you're not getting any younger and and this and that and like i would not go anywhere near a gym or a barbell like i was like this is not for me this is me head <laughs> shit <laughs> i'm too smart for this and uh and so but for some reason i'm like man i'm like 40 and i've never been strong or big or anything right. other than fat <laughs> and, so, and so i went eh let's just try this and see what happens. And I'm like, Oh, so I went and I went to the gym and I hired, I'm like, I want to be like a bodybuilder. Like I want to be muscles and uh, muscles on muscles. And so I went and found a trainer who, who looked like what I wanted to look like. And mm -hmm. I said, I want to look like you. And I said, here's the thing. I, I said, I know you get 50 people come in here a day and tell you they want to look like you. And then when they find out it's work, they don't want to look like you anymore. <laughs> I will do the work that I will fucking run through walls for you. If that's what I want. And, and you tell me to do it. And he's like, great. And so we sign up and, uh, and I start lifting. I know nothing about lifting and I am weak. Like I am benching like 135. I am, uh, deadlifting like 185. I'm squatting like 135, like just abysmal, like beginner number, like okay. beginner numbers. Right. They feel abysmal. <laughs> but if that's where you start, that's where you start. Yep. Uh, in fact, I probably couldn't bench 135 when I started. Um, 
but so I worked with him and I'm doing it and I'm like, I don't like this. This is exactly what I thought. I don't like this. And, <laughs> and, and I'm like, it's not that I don't like lifting weights. I don't like the way bodybuilders lift weights. It's low weight for high reps. Right, and right. To, and, and I'm like, I don't want to be this. I want to be the guy who deadlifts 600 pounds or <laughs> 600 pounds for one. I'm like, one and done. One heavy, one and done. <laughs> and so I'm like, I don't want to be a bodybuilder. I want to be a power lifter. And so, <laughs> and so I'm like, shit, there's no power lifters around here. What the fuck am I going to do? And so I had met my girlfriend and she lived in Sarasota. And so I ended up moving to Sarasota and I'm like, man, I really need like a power lifting, a really good power lifting coach who, uh, who's cheap. And the mm -hmm. universe heard me. <laughs> and the universe says, Oh, Mike, we're not just going to give you a great powerlifting coach who's cheap. We're going to give you a world record holder who's free. <laughs> wow. So Amazing. I, I moved to Sarasota and there's a, a little powerlifting gym there called Sarasota Barbell. It's, they're no longer in business. But I go in there and I start lifting and I'm like, I, you know, I'm have lifted and I'm to the point where I'm deadlifting like 315 and I'm squatting like 315 or, you know, and I'm benching like 225. And so I'm thinking like I'm pretty big shit, right? You know, uh, like, oh yeah, I'm strong. I'm, I'm gonna be a fucking monster in this gym. And I get there and I look at the board and there's a guy with a two thousand pound total. <laughs> like he's he's between bench squat and deadlift, it equals two thousand pounds. Geesh. And I'm you know I'm three fifteen, three fifteen, two twenty five. I'm not even I'm not even a right. thousand pounds, basically. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> I'm just gonna shut up. <laughs> I'm the I, like the lowest guy on the board is like sixteen hundred. <laughs> right. Fourteen hundred, something like that. <laughs> something that seemed insane. And uh and so I'm going in there and I'm lifting and I'm lifting and the guy who's, you know, got the two thousand plus pound total is in there a lot and we start talking and and uh he's a Bulgarian and you know, those guys are like crazy power lift like the Bulgarian method was like a very famous mm. powerlifting training regime that like you would bench and squat and all this five days a week, which is like insane unheard of because it allows no real recovery time and it was always like max effort stuff and right. they would do it like twice a day and their attitude was was like we don't care if it breaks guys because we're trying to build a couple of champions and these are just broken eggs in the way to make it wow <laughs> so but uh the seal had trained that way and uh and it would obviously work for him and he comes to me one day and he's like He's like, he's like, you got a lot of potential. <laughs> and I'm like, coming from you, that's pretty, you know, I'm like, oh, is this a sales pitch or what? Yeah. And he's like, he's like, you got a lot of potential. He's like, he's like, I, I'm going to do your programming if you, if you want. And I'm like, for real? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, what is this going to cost me? And, and he's like, it's gonna, not going to cost you anything. He's like, I just see a lot of potential and I want to work with you. About, How cool is that? you get there. And, uh, and he's like, you're going to do Bulgarian. And I'm like, Oh no, I'm, I'm 40 something. I'm 45. I'm going to break. Like I can't, I'm not going to squat five days a week at like 90% or more of my max. He's like, you'll be fine. <laughs> so he's, like, just, he's like, he's like, I know you. He's like, you're just going to do it because you're just, I'm going to put the challenge in front of you and you're just going to take it. And so I'm like, you do know me. <laughs> like, I'm and, so, and so he did. And I started working with him and, uh, you know, like uh, maxes, I, I top out 
deadlift in the mid like 550 to 575 depending uh my squats 550 plus and my bench is i my bench is my poverty lift it it struggles uh i bench like 365 <laughs> a uh, mere 365 i can't i can't, I can't <laughs> get i can't get the 405 and and so like my goal was 600 600 405 and i just i'm I'm literally going to be 50 in October and I feel like time is finally catching up with me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm going to hit those numbers. I'm, I'm going to try, but, uh, that's amazing though. Yeah, I mean, it's, I what... just, it's, it's weird. Like I know people hate the gym and I know people hate working out and I was one of them, but like, I found like powerlifting clicked for me. Wow. Like, yeah. You just got to find the right. You just got to find the thing. You, yeah. You know? And, and, and for me, like, the beauty of powerlifting is, is it's like it's never more than like three reps <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and you get like a five minute break before the next set so you know like it's perfect like i can fuck around with my phone or you know do whatever right like right five minutes to rest it, suits, and, it suits your personality yeah and and yet yeah but i i did i i gained like a massive amount of of strength in in like a year and a half just wow and, and i'm natural like i look this physique is not a steroid physique right <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty fluffy <laughs> right now i'm not in competition shape um so so yeah uh, that was natural that was a guy who was already 45 who was well past his testosterone prime yeah <laughs> so, that's incredible so yeah if you you know if you want to do those kind of things you just have to commit and do them but that's my my stepdad uh he was a painter also he's an artist he was he was an athlete also i was i was a motorcycle rider bmx Uh bike kid but Uh that was that was it for sports for me but um athletics wise but he uh he swore by he worked out he didn't do jogging or anything he he was he was a weightlifter yeah yeah, he was a weightlifter and he was always in excellent shape his whole life yeah you know I think this is where they, where they lose people with fitness is everybody thinks fitness is cardio. Like I have to run, I have to walk on a treadmill for an hour and that shit's boring. Nobody wants to do do that. Uh, I, you know, I found that for me when I was younger, cardio was more doable if it was running around a tennis court or skating on an ice Mm -hmm. rink, playing hockey type thing, uh, rather than, you know, than riding a bike the stationary bike right running on an elliptical or any of that shit and uh yeah i mean my doctor got on me about cardio this year and i said i do cardio i do sets of five sometimes that's that's that counts right (laughs) (laughs) he's like no it doesn't like i think it does (laughs) let me ask the seal he'll tell me (laughs) but uh yeah but and it's like funny because like you know i'm almost 50 and i'm pretty pretty strong for my age and but Vasil is in his mid 40s and he just set a deadlift record at like 780. <laughs> oh my <laughs> so, god. Yeah, for for a guy who's like 45. Uh and so so that always puts it in wow. perspective for me that as strong as I am, I'm not even close. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> your 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 superpower is being the horror geek that so, is that is yeah powerlifting is your hobby most guys of. don't beat me on yeah. <laughs> powerlifting power um yeah i it's funny because like there's a thing that like if you if you deadlift 600 or squat 600 or you know bench like 405 you're in like the top one percent of the population of the world as far as oh really goes. yeah like only one percent of the population can put up those kind of numbers and but then once you get there 
there's another huge jump to the top. Like, you know, you have like Eddie Hall pulling 1100 pounds or, you know, Hathor Bjornsson breaking that record They're they're These guys are doing thousand plus pound deadlifts and that's insane. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's I, uh, it's funny because I try to put this in like, we'll watch world's strongest man or something with people who don't lift. And I'm always trying to put this into perspective for them. Like I deadlift almost 600 and it's a it's a fight it's heavy it, you, my ears plug up you can't hear anything you're like you really you're gonna, yeah like it's an intense effort and i'm yeah. like now imagine that like double <laughs> and it's, yeah that's it. wow so, yeah it must be that strong it must be just for so, you know you can't experience it unless you it's not yeah, like anybody like else can experience. Go, yeah, you have no frame of reference yeah. at all. You just go, well, that's heavy, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you have to. You don't do understand it. like how, and it's extra funny too, because I say all the time, like powerlifting is is like dangerous because like a deadlift is pretty safe. Like guys will pass out doing deadlifts or tear biceps or stuff. But like when you walk out, like even a 405 squat out of the rack, that's on your back yeah that weight can snap you in half if you're if you're not focused right. if you're not if you're not thinking about your proper form and and doing the lift right and if something goes like i had a 455 where i popped a hamstring oh and i had to come up had to come up with one leg and it, it's that must yeah, have hurt so bad it was terrible it was oh. the worst experience of my life <laughs> i dropped a 500 pound deadlift on my leg once which was not fun down, oh down the God. front of my leg uh it didn't break it enough no i didn't hit it straight on it hit hit my knee on the way down and then kind of grazed oh down my god and hit yeah, my that's, ankle really good that's dangerous but, uh, man yeah but like you know uh, uh, this is why i always tell guys like you see all these gym videos where guys are trying to quarter squat 405 because they think that's a big deal and it's like you're just gonna kill yourself dude <laughs> like, <this> is, <laughs> you see guys all the time drop i've seen a guy drop a 400 pound bench press on his chest and have to be CPR. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, I can, you, that's you, the first, that's the first thing I saw when I saw your video. I yeah. was like, I had no idea you were, you were a deadlifter. I was like, yeah. Yeah. It, the it. first thing I thought of was like, you know, he's going to, isn't that dangerous? Back. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> just, <laughs> that seems really dangerous. It, it seems like yeah. you could really hurt the, the funny, the funny thing is, is that that is not a good deadlift in that video either, because no? it was like humid. My grip was slipping at the top. And so you yeah, end up losing it, uh, you know, but yeah, uh, yeah. Like, I, I don't even to, know how to judge. You have to, yeah, you lift, have to, you know? like I have way better, way better deadlifts. I just never swapped the video because <laughs> we've established, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, that, that, uh, powerlifting is, is when you get to those weights it's it gets a little bit dangerous and you know yeah so you gotta you gotta be dialed in which is why i'm always like guys are always in this rush to lift big weights and it's like it took me a couple of years to get here and i was fast and and uh just don't try to put 500 pounds on a squat until you're actually ready to put 500 pounds on a squat because it will literally break your spine if you oh do it oh my god wrong. yeah yeah so you have to think about it every time like that you go the wrong way with it you get 500 i had a guy like get was supposed to be spotting from the side and he's holding it on the way down he's actually holding it and he's not supposed to be and i don't know and i hit the bottom and he lets go and it like throws me all off and you get 500 pounds like helicoptering around wow yeah your back is not meant to withstand that kind of yeah shear. that's so much yeah <laughs> that's just so much weight like people don't have any 
conception of how much weight that is. Yeah, that that's yeah, that's very true. Most people will never, you know, try to pick up five hundred pounds. Yeah. <laughs> And sometimes they try and it just doesn't even budge. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's the, then yeah. you go, wow, that's really heavy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I love it. I don't. It's not for everybody, but I that's, but I love it. It's cool. I don't know. I just thought it was another weird thing about it. You, is an unusual I many, thing. I have many unusual things. About that's cool it, though. Yeah. That's, I have led a weird life. That's that's a good thing. Uh, interesting life. Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> don't say weird. Say interesting. <laughs> I mean weird in the best sense. Yes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, I always say weird. So. Don't say weird. Say interesting. That's a good quote. That's yeah. That's a, that's a family quote. <laughs> we don't say weird. We say interesting. That's great. He's very interesting. <laughs> he has an interesting fixation with these things. <laughs> well. I got to th uh, thank you. I'll let you go as you stayed on extra time, which I really appreciate. Uh, glad I, to do it. Yeah. Super fun talking. I felt like I at least owed you some extra time after how hard it was to get me here. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Well, you, you made good on that. I really appreciate that. Uh, love the show. Anybody for people listening, I'll have it in the description, but tell people where to go to see your show and see your yeah. Patreon and all that. Yeah. YouTube, um, the horror geek, the show is called sick flicks. Um, you can also find me as the horror geek on uh, Patreon. I'm the horror geek on Twitter. I'm pretty consistent with the branding. The only <laughs> one we messed up was the Instagram. Uh, I cannot get the horror geek over there. So I'm geek apocalypse over there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good uh, one. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, yeah, you, you know, you reach this point where all the good names are taken yeah, right. and you don't want to be like, you know the horror geek one two seven five yeah. nine six three uh so so then you start have to like make uh, making up cool names cool yeah. words so right. geek apocalypse was that's like, a good one oh, yeah, that's, that's a good, a good one, one. <laughs> so we'll use that yeah but uh but you mostly find me on and i'm on facebook as mike bracken but uh you mostly find me on on twitter yes i just and, uh, go to complain about things yes it's 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 Which is Twitter what Twitter feed. is for. Yes. <laughs> but if you ever wanted to look, if you ever wanted to hear a guy curse at YouTube all the time, this is <laughs> this your is... this is your feed because <laughs> that's what I do. Well, uh, yeah, everyone needs to watch. If you haven't seen the show, watch the show. It's great. Um, support him on Patreon if you can. Times are tough, but you know we got to support the people that we like. If we want to see more of this content. You know, it's like crazy that people, some of these people are making these YouTubers are making so much money and they're, yeah. the stuff is dog shit. The yeah. content is terrible, but I guess it's just not for me. It's like for kids or something, but some of the stuff is just, I don't know. It's, it's I find <laughs> it. I, conversation. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. I'm letting you go. But uh, so, so if you want to see the point being, if you want to see the good stuff, you got to support uh, creators that are making stuff that you like. Instead of being a Sad passive viewer. Yes. So anyway, thanks for coming on. The last thing, we just have to say goodbye to the audience. So just however you want to say, say goodbye, audience. All right. Goodbye, audience. And thank you for hanging out with us and for having me on the show. And uh, I hope if you do check out the channel that you enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, please don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> or tell me nicely. <laughs> Be constructive in your criticism. Be constructive in your criticism. <laughs> All right.